To all our sidekicks and hench folk out there in the mother loving geek nation, you're currently tuning into the Cult Pop Podcast live stream, aka spoiler alert, episode 775. We're going to talk about this week's comic books and then we're going to talk about the freaking Batman. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 4327 Main Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's a super rad shop for super rad folks. Joining me tonight, is our yep. Noel Bartocci and Brian Lieb, as well as a special guest joining us later in the show for the aforementioned review of the Batman. Who could it be? Um, Whoever it is, before we get I'm to that, sure that they yeah. read past grammar errors on scripts, but that's just me. <laughs> thank you for joining us tonight, and thank you to everyone joining us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. If you like what we're doing here, please... Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Oh, you can also email us at coltpopgo at gmail.com. You can join our, our book club where we do on Zoom and the Facebook group, JD's Hero Complex Book Club. Well, with that out of the way, I feel as though I should tell you it's time to talk about some comic books. Except I said cock. It's time to we'll talk about them. It's, let's talk Feel about up. sex, baby. Uh, Batman Killing Time, number one from DC Comics, <laughs> written by Tom King with art by David Marquez. Three villains, one dark knight, and a deadly heist gone wrong. Catwoman, the Riddler, and Penguin join forces to pull off the greatest robbery in the history of Gotham City. And their prize, a mysterious and priceless artifact in the secret possession of Bruce Wayne. But as the events unfold, what fun is a heist without a bloody double cross or two? This was delightful. It'll be fun. Oh, I'm sorry. I I talked over your bit by talking about the book. What was your bit? Do the bit again. What's the fun if there's no no bloody? I mean, if they get the money, it's still probably pretty fun, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. But fun, not fun for me who's watching it. Yeah. Maybe it's not as fun depending on what these people like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, This was... Great. Is Noel frozen for you too? Yeah. Cool. This uh, this was great. I, I'm really enjoying a lot of Tom King's projects right now. My only uh, sort of critique is the the storytelling motif of mm. it's Thursday, four thirty three yeah. p.m. This is yeah. what's happening. But now it's Wednesday, two sixty nine p.m. <laughs> What a wonderful time. <laughs> yeah. you know? Every day I'm like, yeah. hmm. Ooh, 269 is my favorite time. Um, so uh, otherwise I thought it was great. Um, yeah. I don't know if we needed to do all that jumping around. Um, and even the jumping around yeah. didn't bother me so much as like labeling per time what's actually uh, where we actually are. But other than that, I thought it was a nice little heist. Um, in the, in the, you know, the, the thing I just read. Um, mm-hmm. 
which details the book, the solicitation. Yeah. Did we know it was Bruce Wayne's? No. At the end even of this issue? Even by the end. Even by the end of the issue. Right. Like, it's, you can guess, because Batman is like, was it Vault 5? I gotta go. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, <Yoink>, bye. <laughs> yeah. And then, see, this was before he learned how to disappear silently. So he would just announce it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's early Batman. So um, <laughs> uh, I, I had the same feeling about the time. I was like, I thought this book started off real strong. Um, and I was like, oh, cool. This is a cool heist, you know, kind of story. One yeah. thing's going on and you're getting more and more uh, about the plan. Now, I tend to kind of tune out. When they say, like, it's this time, and yeah. this day, you know, that kind of thing. I just right, right on past it. And I thought that he, by the end of the book, I was like, there's some over-reliance on, on the time motif. Like, it's not a motif that I dislike. I see it, you know, you see it every now and then. And I think it's a cool way to frame a story. But it was, it was like every page or every couple of panels. Um now, I did not know that this was Tom King until the end of the book. I just want you guys to know that. Um, <coughs> I, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I liked it. I was a little thrown by Selena Kyle being more bloodthirsty and also blonde <laughs> than she normally is. Mm-hmm. Um, could have been a wig, uh, but it felt it like they were doing the animated series Batman for some reason. Um, or, the, or the Batman Returns. But, um, yeah... I had no idea that this was early in Batman's career. Right. Um, Nothing really sets. So, this, uh, no. Despite its uh, over-reliance oh. on day and time, right. they, you still don't know where in the Batman timeline no. the story takes place until you sort of piece together the... Clues. Yeah, there was like something along the way that I'm like, oh, I guess this is pretty early. Or yeah. maybe they mentioned like this is one of those... They haven't... Or like he, had, he and Croc haven't met each other yet or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I felt like... It was a cool story, the way that it played out. I don't know that it's interesting enough to not tell me what's in that box. Right. <laughs> you know, the by McGuffin. the end of issue one. Yeah. Right. Like, show me show me by the end of issue one. The flashback that I wasn't quite sure was still the comic, or maybe it was an ad, um, to ancient Greece, like, gives you a little bit about it. But uh, it's this very one-page, out-of-nowhere flashback. Not necessarily uncool, but not enough information about what's in that box for me to be like, oh, I got to see the second. I don't, I'm sorry. I was, I got disconnected for a second. Mm -hmm. Um, I, is it revealed who that narration slash notes are from? I kind of forgot. Oh, I just thought omniscient narrator, but, but it's, but it's written down. Um, it just, I don't know. It feels Hmm. to me as a story device. If it's like literally like shown as like notes written down with timestamps, it feels like it's from someone, not just, God, it could be, <laughs> but but, I, but they didn't say. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I, um, <laughs> at the I, end of the story, yeah, I know that you guys kind of talked about it a little bit. It's just that was that was the only sticking point for me too. Like I I was enjoying it, but then it started to overlayer on top of itself, and it made me feel like, all right, maybe it's it's getting a little too cute, and I wonder if it's going to be a device that he employs the entire series. Right. Like, are we ever going to get feeling. a main perspective, or is it just always going to be? Third person overlapping timestamps. Mm. No, I think that Probably. that it's it's only important to this part of the story, which is the heist itself. Mm. That's my guess. I hope so, 
But like, if you look at something like Super Woman or Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, in that story, the plot device worked, where it's somebody writing and reading a story yeah. from fifty years on about this, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that worked. It was the it went throughout the entire series of speaking in third person, talking about this as it's a, as a tale as it's happening, and because of that, there was barely any dialogue. It was just somebody orating it. That worked for there. I don't know. Yeah. I hope that it's not the entire structure of this series. I just... Yeah. Because this is supposed to be like a slick heist, right? And then... Right. Like a time to the minute kind of... Yeah, thing. which is cool during yeah. the heist. I just wonder if it's going to like stretch out for the whole six issues, eight issues. How long is this? Six? Six, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm well, hooked, and but... also the fact... If it's like yeah. four issues in and we're still doing the... Overlapping yeah. at 4 p.m. at 4:03 at 3:58, like 3:58, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. every now and then there's a jump back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, and I don't mind a comic giving me work. It's just so far this story doesn't feel like it needs that much work. Yeah, yeah. It, the fact that he says it's included how many times the Riddler will hit the Penguin it makes it feel like this might not just be the heist. Mm-hmm. You know, this might be how they tell the whole story. And maybe it's, maybe it's, um, Bruce two weeks from now compiling maybe his notes. piecing it yeah, all together. I, yeah. 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 We'll see. It's, it's interesting enough. David Marquez is a goddamn beast and I love him. So. Getting ready to yeah, say yeah, that. Really the good. art is really yeah. nice. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Speaking of the art, um, Gordon has red hair. And I think they even say that he's like newly police. That's what it was. Too. Yes. Yeah, That's yeah, what gave me yeah. the timeline was he yeah. had Gordon's hair. can always tell by Gordon's hair. <laughs> yeah, you can tell by Gordon's hair. And if he's got a cigarette or a pipe, you know where. It's yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I'd like, um, this is, I mean, this is Tom King's wheelhouse, right? Just, yeah. Mini series yeah. with one very specific goal or specific perspective, whether that works or doesn't. It's just usually tight and at least interesting. It's always interesting. Now, I understand why true. they've done this, and that's because these three villains are in the Batman film. But it does feel a little much that we've got a Tom King Batman and another Tom King Batman coming out at the same time. So we've got the bat yeah. and the cat and um, hmm. killing time. Um but I, you, know, you got to do it because of the movie, I'm, I'm sure. I, it's kind of odd, even in that sense, that they have this Catwoman quite different from the quite from the Catwoman in the movie. You know, like a very different take on Selena Kyle yeah. and her role and position in Gotham. But they, in their calculations about these those kind of things, that may not figure in much at all. Yeah, it might just be like she's in the suit. You that, know? Might yeah. a, that might be a that might be a. Um, a specific problem for our subset of the demographic who are reading this in issues concurrently, which mm. a lot of people, you know, weren't reading the other one or will only ever see this in trades. Oh no, I meant compared to the movie. Oh well, yeah, that's too. But but also the comic, yeah, in I mean, the comic too. That, like yeah. the 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 overlapping. Sometimes I do wonder that this is almost like a, a side or elevated conversation about that kind of problem. Sometimes I do pull back and wonder like, is this a problem that's very specific to me because I'm currently reading multiple different threads and comics in issues hmm. concurrently, or is this an actual problem? Well, yeah. Even that depends on how you look yeah. at like, 
we're in we're in a changing model where yeah. that would be the only way that you could have read them at one time. Um, and now but, they're looking more towards collecting. But arguably, too, like the model is changing, yes, but publishing is yeah. also changing. Like there wouldn't have potentially been this many overlapping Batman miniseries yeah. and series and adjacent stories well, happening yeah. concurrently yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's anecdotal. It was just, uh, sometimes I lay up at night thinking, is this, am I the problem? <laughs> um, I don't think you could be in that, Crocs, right? Um, the coloring on Crocs, um, scales, man. Mm. Isn't that who's cool? The, just really well done coloring. Who's the colorist on this one? Um, Bob Ross. I have no idea. <laughs> I was, um, I'm gonna, we should have, we should, we should eventually do a segment or, or a gutter talk just about colorists there. Like, no, it just says art by Dave Marquez. Oh, he colored his own work. That's awesome. Wow. All right. Anyway, heckin' good looking book. I'll tell you what, uh, let's move on to the next book. It's, Ah, Rogue Sun, number one from Image Comics, written by Ryan Parrott or Perot. I don't know. With art by Abel. Yesterday, New Orleans' greatest hero, Rogue Sun, was moitered. Today, rebellious teenager Dylan Siegel discovers that Rogue Sun was his estranged father, Marcus, and that he's inherited his father's mantle. Tasked with protecting our world from the forces of the supernatural and solving his father's murder... Dylan will be forced to come to terms with the man he spent the majority of his life hating. I am so glad I did not read yeah, this. Fuck that solicit. Ahead of time. <laughs> so, um, all right. So first things first, this is an offshoot of Radiant Black, one of Nolan and I's favorite book of the year. And there was a one shot that came out last week or two weeks ago called Supermassive. And it introduced Rogue Son uh, as well as some other characters. And... Rogue Son in this uh, supermassive issue was just kind of a dickhead. And I was like, ah, geez, I don't know. Do I want to read a, a series about this dickhead? Maybe. Who knows? We'll find out. And then this dropped, and I, I read it, and I wasn't expecting much. But I was tickled. I really liked this because I did not know that that dickhead that was in Supermassive that I thought I was going to be reading about is not the main character of this series after a couple of pages. Mm-hmm. And it, um, it goes to his... Um, Son, who's also kind of a dickhead. He's like a bully at school. Uh, throws a kid in a locker. He's you know he makes him do his homework for him and stuff like that. Sort of a Flash Thompson Thompson esque character. He also it's like it, he's going to get that kid a date for the prom, and it's kind of there's like a right. certain quid pro quo. He's like a, in this bullying. He's like seventy yeah. percent a douchebag, but thirty yeah. percent yeah. redeeming charm. Not entirely. Yeah. 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 So this was not the guy from Superman. No, it's I was his, not sure. It's his estranged son. It's the son uh, he abandoned like ten years ago. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure if this was taking place in the past because we get that one scene of like a whole bunch of stuff that I thought. No, has this guy has that guy shown up at all before no. Supermassive? <laughs> nope. Uh, this is right. literally yeah. So Supermassive acts almost as just a prequel to this story, and in hindsight too, in Supermassive, there's they all share visions. And we see this guy's funeral. 
in his oh, in his vision right. we saw his funeral and you know like reading comic books oh. for a long time i was just like ooh somewhere in his series it's going to be like a yeah. you know ghost of christmas future kind of thing ooh one. but no they just kind of <laughs> murder him in the first action yeah, scene yeah. of this entire yeah. series yeah i thought it was Loved fun it. as shit too yeah this was yeah if this is and the now landscape. the name makes sense yeah oh because oh, he's the son of someone yeah he's yeah. a rogue son yeah. If this is so, if this is the if this is indicative of this landscape that they're trying to build with these like radiant black offshoot books, I'm super in. This is wonderful. Yeah. It's agreed. It, it feels exactly like the other one with the the kind of winky, trope heavy, but confident, invincible vibe. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing inherently original in here but goddamn, it's fun it's just really yeah, fun it's well put together i tell you i do hate this costume <laughs> the furnace mm. the furnace costume yeah yeah i don't like it maybe um, you'll change it but uh brian <laughs> yeah, what'd you think it's a new pack. uh it was all right it was i i found myself liking supermassive uh i was surprised that i you know that how enjoyable i thought supermassive was and this was not the guy that I was like, ooh, got to see what's up with him. Uh, I also was reading through it and not having read any of the other Radiant Black. I thought that we had seen Rogue Son before, so I didn't know if this was the one from Supermassive or not. And is this that character and it's just like earlier in his timeline or whatever. Um, it was, you know, the way that it plays out is is cool. There's nothing that I fault about it it feels like 90s image which i never got into um but uh i have a wider view of things now um the villain the antagonist looks cool his name is not the coolest name in the world but his look is very cool swan yeah uh the guy with the suit and the Mm -hmm. and the no face helmet that's cool it's a cool look he's a gentleman's Um, chameleon yeah yeah Hmm. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and oh, and I guess we'll see the guy around. Uh, you know, the previous the previous rogue mm-hmm. son will be a recurring feature in this book, I assume. Maybe that's part of the armor or something like that. Um, yeah, it. Yeah, it was all right, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, Is this a I, miniseries uh, my, or a... it's an ongoing, as far as I know. Dope. Yeah, the other one's a graphic novel. Um, yeah, the Inferno Red. Yeah, Inferno, Inferno Girl, Girl Red. Red. Inferno, Inferno Girl, Girl Red, Red is a miniseries, or sorry, it's an OGN. This is an ongoing, Radiant Black continues, and then there's a Radiant Red miniseries that starts like next week, I think. Yeah, I, I really think uh, it's too much. It's too much. Um, that makes Radiant Black yeah. almost weekly, right? Mm. Um because we've got mm-hmm. Radiant Black, we've got Rogue Sun coming out during it, we've got Radiant Red coming out during it, then we've got another graphic novel. I just, I, I, I would have pieced, I would have done one, you know, keep Radiant Black going, and then do the Rogue mm-hmm. Sun, give it a breather, then do Radiant Red, etc. Well, maybe, I'm assuming he wants to, like, build something concurrently to some big... You know, to some big crossover Maybe, or whatever. Uh, this one to me, yo, I mean, who knows? But this one to me seems like if one's got to go, I bet it's this one. You know, just not any, I mean, I haven't read the other ones yet, but just as far as like what my personal taste would yeah. be, like the other characters seem more like 
Oh, what's up with Inferno Girl Red? What's she up to? I don't know. As, as long as they stay fun, uh, like, because you're right, like, um, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of triple monthly kind of bullshit. Yeah. But I don't want that from Spider-Man, and I'm a Spider-Man guy. Yeah. Well, at least, yeah. at least so far yeah. they're doing it in, so as of right now, it's really just two monthlies. But they're building it with different formats, right? So you've got a one-off mini of Radiant Red. You've got a, an OGN that's not coming out until the end of 2022 or the second half of 2022. So, like, hmm. it's they're messing around. And I, all of them will, apparently, all of them can read separately, just like you're reading two different Avengers series like or that. Spider-Man like and that. Silk. Like, yeah. they will read separately, but, you know, eventually they might have a crossover as with all right. other big It'll two. It'll be cooler yeah. if you've read them. But obviously they did a crossover to introduce them. Yeah. And you didn't the, need to read anything about that before. And the, I remember reading an interview about that. The, the idea stemmed from Saturday morning cartoons where they would have this large episode that the sole purpose of it was to introduce new characters. Yeah. That's it. Like there wasn't a you got to know everything before you jump in. It was supposed to be jarring and it was supposed to be. A shot out of a cannon kind of thing. Did they do that in Saturday morning cartoons? Uh, I think it was Japanese cartoons and, and like uh, kaiju shows. Oh. I think it was the actual oh. inspiration. Hence the dumb mm. names too. <laughs> the names that sound like the they were translated yeah, and yeah. not culturally. You know, <laughs> like you know what I've wondered about that is uh, at least Mandarin is a tonal language, right? So I don't speak Mandarin and I don't know how they convey different emotion. Um and I know the Japanese is, is not that, but I don't know if it's tonal. I wonder if they need the extra more adjectives than we would use because we are using tone to convey emotion in it. I, all I, and they can't. All I, I don't know. All I know is like Spanish. It's, it's just construction. So like, you know, the adjective goes before the noun as opposed to the noun before the adjective. It's just how the sentence is constructed. It's like if you just translate it verbatim, it sounds like broken English, but contextualized right so, yeah, so the same thing like that's why it sounds like inferno girl red uh day and age but they also use you know there's like their use of adjective is like you know seems over the top sometimes to western ears mm-hmm. and i wonder if it's because they um have to put more of it in the text because they can't use tone in the same way that we do i don't know it's just a a, a question of mine hmm. uh Dan H. asked, is one writer doing the whole Radiant Black universe? No. Um, it is oh, Kyle really? Higgins on the main book, Ryan Parrott on this book, and a gentleman named Matt Groom um, on Inferno Gold Red. All three of them did write Supermassive together, and all three of them are in cahoots, almost like a writer's room. They've also worked on other books together, like uh, Kyle Higgins and Ryan Parrott co-wrote Power Rangers years ago for Boom Studios. Um, Matt Broom... Groom, sorry, Matt Groom wrote, co-wrote um, both the Ultraman miniseries with Kyle Higgins for Marvel, oh, as well as the Darkhawk, I think, oh. or maybe just maybe just Ultraman. But they they all work to, they've all worked together professionally very recently, as well as like the last couple of years. So it's just think of it as like a writers' room. Everyone kind of knowing what's going on, but not independently. Yeah, independently writing everything, but they all are aware of each other's books. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Would you say uh, that the three of us are in cahoots? Uh, 
if we had, I would say yes, if we had a common goal that requires all of us to work towards it together, we are in cahoots. Yeah, we got to be planning something. Like or, a weekly show where yeah, we review yeah. books? If it is I don't think meant about it much. to build, in, build to something. Yeah. <laughs> or during. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do any plans. What that? What? Or during. Um, all right, let's move on to the next book. It is going to be, oh, it's a surprise to me as well. Oh, Strange Number One. From Marvel Comics, written by Jed McKay, with art by Marcelo Farrella, a new Sorcerer Supreme rises. Doctor Strange is Jed, and a new Sorcerer Supreme has taken the title. Or should we say, Sorceress? No, you no, probably Sorcerer, sorcerer is, fine, is fine too. Just like actor yeah. is fine. Yeah. Is that Haunted by her recent <laughs> return memories, Clea, Clea, Clea. Clea Clea is how Clea Duvall yeah. longs to bring Stephen Strange back from the dead. But when a mysterious group attacks the magical realm, Clea must rise to the duties of Sorcerer Supreme. Or or should we say Dutess? <laughs> <laughs> For she is now the sole protector of Earth against magical threats. So, Noel, this this is hot on the heels of the death of Doctor Strange. Tell everybody what happened, and in, in, you got twenty seconds. Go uh, the death of, for real quick. The death of Doctor Strange was cool as shit. It was a great five issue miniseries where they killed him in the first issue, then killed him again in the fifth issue. Uh, spoilers, um, but it really was the death of Doctor Strange, and it was it was wonderfully paced and really well put together. And uh, it was written by Jed McKay, art by Lee Garbett, who I really like. So it was just a beautiful. Man End of round. <laughs> this immediately. Uh, so I'm not talking about that book anymore. This immediately follows up on on uh, nice. the status quo of that book. Doctor Strange is no longer around, um, and he essentially bequeaths the Eye of Agamotto as well as the title to Clea. Who Clea? Sorry. Who is? Or should a we say supreme. bequeaths? <laughs> We should. I, I do have the ability to take you off screen. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve it. <laughs> uh, no, sit in your shame. I'm not done yet. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, he he hands the mantle to her, not trusting anyone else in his final moments. Um, and she is actually already a sorcerer supreme for the dark dimension. So she's got a heavier hand. She's a lot more... Um, punitive than he is uh, a lot harsher uh, and a lot more direct uh, but she's now in charge of our realm so it's kind of a fish out of water slash a scorned lover story Um, I really really liked the story I really really disliked the art I really really disliked the art and Mm. Didn't care so much about the story. Uh, it was fine. Um, uh, this is the first I know about. Like, I've heard of Clea before, and she was Stephen Strange's, I guess, wife, partner, whatever. And mm-hmm. that sort mm-hmm. of didn't end well, but I guess they've always been in love anyway, which is kind of cool. And um, he, he did some shenanigans so that she could become the Sorcerer Supreme. But I just, I don't care about Strange at all like Doctor Strange does not I've except for the Brian K. Vaughn series with Night Nurse which one was that? Oh, God it was him and Night Nurse what was that called? The Oath the Oath was the Oath. very good 
That's the only time where oh, I was yes. like, oh shit, this is some good Doctor Strange. Every other time I'm like, okay. So uh, this is just oh. more of that for me. Hmm. I I gotta say I've I've got in the last couple of years I've gotten way more into Doctor Strange than than not. Like uh, I never cared. The Oath was the only thing that I actually remember reading in the last, you know, up until the last two three years. The Oath was the only thing I could point to that I even gave a shit about in regards to Doctor Strange. But mm-hmm. I re- I started the, the, Jason, the Aaron. Jason Aaron run. Yeah, the Jason Aaron run was absolutely fantastic to me. And then was that the recent one where he where the magic is gone? He has to find new magic. Yeah, that there's there is a force that is eating and destroying all magic with technology, and he has to go find new magic to rebuild magic. Uh, but then, yeah, yeah, that was immediately taken over by Donny Cates, and that was the first thing by Donny Cates that I read. And he introduced bats, and it was a really really great fun run. And then Mark Waite took over, and it was mm-hmm. awesome. It was space Doctor Strange looking for more magical elements outside of our universe. And it was fucking rad. So, like... And he healed his hands, right? Was yeah. Was that the one we reviewed? He the healed show? his hands, and then yeah. he needed... Like, he had sworn the Hippocratic Oath. Now his hands are, are yeah. back. He now has a duty to also perform surgery. So it was... Hmm. the As much as, like, Doctor Strange is not really my bag, I've consistently been reading Doctor Strange for, like, five years now. Because it just, hmm. they keep putting great creative teams on it. Hmm. Well, you guys, I have always liked Doctor Strange. I like the story of this book, and I like the art. Yay! So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Doctor Strange has always been one of my, like, second favorite tier Marvel characters. You know, he's not number one, but he's, like, in, just down. Just down from, like, Fantastic Four, you know, uh, for me. So I always like it when he shows up, but he never really had his own book for long. So I didn't read Doctor Strange, you know, uh, ever, I guess. Um, speaking of tie-in to movies, I was kind of like, seriously? They're, Doctor Strange didn't make it out of the death of Doctor Strange? There's a movie yeah, coming out soon, yeah. you know? Um, and uh, it, I like how in the beginning of this, Clea's like, we got to go resurrect Doctor Strange, mm, yeah. you know? Um, and... Hopefully that will hopefully that will happen during. Oh yeah, I think Clea is cool as the Sorcerer Supreme, but yeah, we got to get got to get Stephen Strange. Back. I'm sure this is a super uh, arc yeah. of some sorts. Yeah, yeah. he'll be back by yeah. summer. Yeah, yeah. Or when does the movie come out? May. Yeah, probably maybe like around. He then. won't be back by May. There's no way. <laughs> no, yeah. probably not. Yeah, it's too quick. Um, um, I liked. Yeah, but yeah. I'm sorry. Keep keep going, dude. I was gonna mention some of the pages he's been flipping. Keep going. Oh, well, on this page, actually, I like her her walking around outfit. Yeah, like, cool? Purple with the yeah. circles and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the, that's the, cool. Cle- the antlers are a little weird. Well, yeah. fashion in the dark dimension, I'm sure, is yeah. much different. Why are you judging? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> when that's in fashion here, it'll probably be passe. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dimension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know she was Dormammu's right. niece. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know yeah. about that. Yeah, I um, I say I didn't like the art. I, it was mainly the action I didn't really love. But there's a couple of pages that you scro- scrolled by, um, especially the conversations with her and Wong. I really, really liked a lot of the facial acting. It's like when the story had time to slow down and it was just conversations between characters that I enjoyed. I thought it was cool um, and I liked mm-hmm. it. But then I as really soon as it got 
Like this. I actually really like her facial expressions in this whole scene before and then this scene where she's trying to nurse him back from being hungover. Like, I, yeah, I, I do genuinely like that acting on the top right. Mm. I really, really liked the stuff with Doom. That was awesome. Um, yeah, but, that, those were the best parts of the But book, as dude. soon as it started to get kinetic, um, it just, it lost, it lost that kind of fun, loose style and just kind of became rubbery. And I, I couldn't really follow as well. It's not. It's not very strong. Just layouts, not very strong. Like, yeah, I don't like. I don't yeah, like any of the, the facial work here. But this on the le- the top left, that page that you just passed, is just a. That doesn't feel like it's the same artist that did the beginning of the book. Hmm. No, it doesn't. She's wearing the. Uh, cloak of levitation as a as a robe. Yeah, yeah. She's kind of cinched around the waist. That's cute. Yeah. Um, huh. Oh, uh, the last page. What uh, what an unusual character. Yeah. Thunderstrike. That was kind of a neat yeah. twist, actually. Like, oh, yeah. we're bringing back Doctor yeah. Strange. Psych, it's Thunderstrike. Oh. Yeah. Like, it, not that we thought it was Doctor yeah. Strange, but I didn't think it was Thunderstrike. Yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah. Who was um he was killed in, recently. In Thor. It depends on Thor, which right? one. I think yeah. two of them have. I think the son also became Thunderstrike. And he was he the one that recently they, died? I, the whole arc in Thor when Donald Blake was murdering everyone that has yeah. held the power of Mjolnir. So they showed like a Thunderstrike okay. get killed and then another one. I didn't realize there were multiple Thunderstrikes. Thunderstrikes. Well, wait, it's a proper noun, so I, it's Thunderstrikes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, idiots. Uh, I think the I think <laughs> Eric Masterson was killed a while like a long time ago, and his son took over a while. Ago, uh, I, think, I love, but I'm not sure. I love the in the weeds we get where it's just like you know what you're not a real fan unless you understand which Thunderstrike this is, guys. You're just not. Yeah, you could be a real fan, no, but you should know. You should know. Go <laughs> do your homework. Yeah. No, just come to us. Yeah. We and if we don't know, then I was going to say like we, we're making this shit up as we go. Like no. No one on this call did research as to which Thunderstrike this might be. I did not. Just like, ooh, He's wearing ponytail. that jacket, <laughs> you know. I mean, pony, you know, that jacket was certainly of the old Thunderstrike, but it could have been the new one, too. Um, I don't know. Not, I, I, like, does, no matter what you thought of this book, I highly recommend everyone to go back and read The Death of Doctor Strange. It's five issues. It was really, really tight and very, very fun, and the art was fantastic. Yeah, I was book. actually, the, the reason I was... I, I like the fact that Cleo was taken over for Doctor Strange. And I like that Jed McKay was writing it because he did that recent excellent Black Cat series, yes? Yep. Yeah, so I, I was really expecting mm. to be more involved in this than I wa- than I actually wound up being. So I was a little disappointed. But I also... It, uh, I have an easier time getting into a Black Cat series than I do any Doctor Strange series anyway. So I just like her more as a character than Strange. So... Uh, to be completely fair to you, I think a lot of the, a lot of what I liked about this book is because of what I liked about the series before it. So I don't know how, what my reaction would have been if I just jumped into this cold. Um, oh, Christopher Goodnight's in the chat asking, "Did you are you still reading crossover?" Yes, we are. Uh, do you want to talk about it really fast? It's not. In the Should notes, we do a quick? Do you want to do a quickie? Do it. No, I, 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 we're doing a, we're doing a, a large review later. I skimmed it. We're not talking about it today, but we totally can because this, this most recent issue was, 
So fucking wallop. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, so go ahead. Is that uh, it? You're done? Still, it's still good. Um, so I was talking to JD about this yesterday in the shop. I am up to date with crossover. I am very much enjoying it personally, but okay. I, I, um, I found myself overthinking this issue. So uh, two issues ago, I, we're doing full spoilers. Um, yeah, sure. Spoiler. Donnie Cates has made himself a main character in the fictional universe of this book. So he is a character in the book. It was a cameo, and then it was like an interrogation scene. And in this issue, it becomes a full-on third member of the party. Like, you know, the hero party. Mm-hmm. He is a main character of this book. And it is so inside baseball and so winky. And it's winky at me, and I'm enjoying it. But I was like, is this actually garbage? And I just like it because it's so specifically for me. And I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell where the line was drawn or where the the blur happened. Like, I'm a mark for this. And I know that. And that's fine. But is it good? Right. (laughs) Doesn't that make it good? It makes it (laughs) subjectively to me. But if I'm giving... Is there any other good? Yes. There's an objective good. uh, More than just one specific slice of demographic that could enjoy a piece of fiction. Yeah. There's a there's four quadrant entertainment. This may not be four quadrant entertainment. And I was wondering, is oh, it only good because it's specifically for me or does this appeal to literally anyone else without the mm. cavalcade of references understood or even who Donny Cates is as a person? Right. Mm. So I like it was just it was just really interesting. But the, the, the highlight of this issue was it was revealed that the fictional character of Negan is the big bad since the first issue he's been going around Negan the guy from The Walking Dead yeah he's been going around killing comic book writers because they are responsible for his terrible existence um yeah I mean he's not wrong and he exactly (laughs) he he has a a confrontation (laughs) with the real Robert Kirkman in this issue and it's it's probably one of the best things I read this week it's just so great um I love this book I love Jeff Shaw's art I love the way that it's getting weirder and weirder. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm invested. I'm in. Yeah. Does he read, does he read the creator's works before he goes and kills them? You know, he could be killing like Kurt Busiek or somebody yeah. that is like, no, everything's fine in his book. Uh, well, so, I think he's getting, I think either. he's totally getting a permission from all, he's getting permission from all these characters before it goes on, either uses their characters mm-hmm. and or murders them as people. Uh, no, no, I meant Negan. Is right. Negan really? Oh. You know, when he's in this world, is he like? Well, let me make sure this guy is a jerk to his characters. They could be. He could, everything could turn out well for them. Uh, I don't think Negan does that much research. He's probably just. He's probably just mad. Not that kind yeah, of guy. Not that kind of guy. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you think, JD? <laughs> I loved it. I've really come around on this series. Uh, once I got past my initial disappointment to the revelations of the series. I have come around. Um, they set things up in such a way that I, readers were anticipating one thing, and what we got was definitely not the thing that was kind of promised to us visually. The GoBots. The GoBots is what we got. We got, got. GoBots, that's <laughs> right. We thought, we thought we were getting Transformers, yeah. and we got the goddamn GoBots. Yeah. Um, but now that I know I'm reading a GoBots book, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, Madman, there he is. I... I, yeah. I, so I did not have, 
I was not mad about that. Yeah, you knew. I was not mad about that at all. I was naive. I, I thought. I didn't think. The, I didn't think Mad Men was where that turned, no. right? It was, that was a cool reveal. For me, I didn't really think there was going to be Spider-Man and Batman or whatever, yeah. but there was also nobody that I knew at <laughs> all. So I, I mean, I was like, oh, Savage Dragon. I I read one of those books yeah. once. There's a, you know? I think it was issue. So like the first five issues was very insular. And the only kind of outside character was Madman, and he was a he was a misdirect, a little kid drew a stick figure with a a jagged S in the yeah, middle of it, and you're like, oh my god, Superman! But it was actually a, a yeah. yeah, it was it was a it was, well it was a decent yeah. feint. Um, but then yeah. for five issues, it, he only used Donny Cates only used other characters he created, yeah, from uh, other series. Okay, yeah. So you're like, yeah, yeah, all right, homie, I get it. He got permission for like one dude. That's fine. But I think it was in issue six where they showed a giant melee in like in New York of all comic book characters. And it was like literally anybody that wasn't big two was in there. It was just like zombies from the walking dead concrete. um, The entirety of like Liefeld's overall. (laughs) Uh, Like it was, it was really funny. Uh, and it filled a gap. Um, and I, it, like, I was just like, oh, you're going to use other characters. And then they immediately went into the issue that was written by Chip Zdarsky about Chip Zdarsky being saved by yeah. fictional Chip Zdarsky you know from what? a serial killer. That's where the turn happened for me. That, that's the issue. Now that you're saying it out loud, that's the issue where I was like, all right, that was, that was fun as hell. And then I was on board. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it, it does keep... It's rolling downhill in a very pleasing way. Yeah. And I'm for but the it ride. Is, this it is, is really very fun. much for me and you and people who yeah. grew up reading all of these sort of pseudo indie books and get the references. Yeah. I think I'm not entirely sure anyone who's, who didn't grow up like we did would give. I do not recommend this to people. People come into the shop yeah. and unless I know that they are of a specific ilk, I'm not going to I'm not going to recommend it to people. You know? I've recommended well, it. I think I'm even like an example of that where it's like I have comic trope knowledge to you know to spare except I'd rather hang on to it uh, <laughs> but I don't care about you know what I mean I'm like <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like okay I didn't read those comics in the 90s so I, you know what I didn't either <clears throat> yeah. it's just like having the Having the vernacular, or at least understand it. Like I've never read an issue of Concrete or fucking yeah. Yeah, yeah. Blood Corp. It's still or a whatever, little cool but thing. Like, you know, like, I know who oh, they are. I know yeah. that guy from a cover. Sure. This you fucking know what, piece. I- Look at this. I forgot <laughs> about this. Where Donny Cates grabs the word bubble out of the air and stabs a man with it. Yeah. Is that Donny Cates? Is yeah. That yeah. A so he's been a life representation. Of no. Cates? The next pan. The next pages. Oh. So he's been in. He, he's been captured and in like a, a confined uh, for years. So he grew his hair out and he looks like Alan Moore. And I then when you. he like, I you know, you. between panels, he cleans himself up and he's like, the Alan Moore stuff was confusing people. Well, that was, a, that was like, another huh. misdirect. Like, I think you would only see like this oh, much yeah, of yeah. the character and all the hair. And I was going, Oh, Alan Moore's in the going to be in the book. Which, Alan Moore's behind everything. And it's just Donnie Cates with his hair grown out. Two things that are really funny. There was um, 
in regards to his kind of relationship to Alan Moore, which is not really a thing, he made a bunch of jokes on Twitter years ago about how his next issue of Venom is better than anything Alan Moore has ever written. He did it as a joke, but it's become like a meme, like, is it better than Alan Moore? (laughs) Yeah. So he did that on purpose, but then also in this book, he explicitly calls out Bleeding Cool, and then it's just like, they'll write about anything. Yeah. Won't you? And it literally was an article that he was. They were called out in this book. I, even though this is so incredibly inside baseball, it doesn't feel gatekeepy, which I think is the is the key. It feels fun and jovial, and like maybe you don't get the joke, but it doesn't make fun of you for not understanding the references, right? Which I really do appreciate because five degrees in either direction this is not this doesn't work mm-hmm. at all agreed so yes yeah, it's, it's, it's tight, impressive it's a tightrope uh and kevin wants to know is this ongoing or limited the series is sounding better and better i think it's ongoing yeah great you guys there was a lightsaber looking yes there was it was, was a that? lightsaber was that a lightsaber really and they it, and it's like not just something that is like a lightsaber. I don't know. It, it was. It was uh, a yeah, okay. off off panel. He mentioned like, "Do you think this guy would like this?" And then she says, "Is that what I think it is?" And he's like, mm. "Yep." And then you just see it. Oh, that's so they cool. yeah. they kind of yeah, yeah. they kind of write around any kind of actual right, licensing. Right, mm-hmm. right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> that's um, cool. So we're go- we're about to talk about the Batman. We're going to get into an in depth review of the Batman. Um, should we do War for Earth 3 and What If Miles Morales or? Yeah, real quick. All right, War for Earth 3, yeah. number one, DC yeah. Comics, written by Dennis Hopeless and Robbie Thompson, art by Steve Pugue and Dexter Soy. The Teen Titans, The Flash, and The Suicide Squad all collide on Earth 3, home of the evil crime syndicate, on the hunt for former Task Force X mastermind Amanda Waller. As Waller tries to take over to blah. Anyway, so. Uh, uh, War for Earth 3, Amanda Waller has put together a giant suicide squad and goes to Earth 3 specifically to cripple them a little bit in order to convince Ultraman to join her. Uh, it works. Um, there were two issues that came out this week that are part of this crossover. It's going to be going through, it's, you know, there's the War for Earth 3, 1 and 2, and it also is going to go through, I believe, Flash, Suicide Squad, and Teen Titans Academy. And so this week it was um, War for Earth 3, number one, and Suicide Squad. This was kind of fun. I actually love Earth 3. There's something about the crime syndicate that I've always really enjoyed, Uh, specifically the messed up triangle between Ultraman, Superwoman, and uh, Owlman. There's just, I've always enjoyed that. And the fact that Superwoman is constantly just messing with Ultraman by having sex with um, Owlman. It's just delightful yeah. for me. So that was my favorite part of the series here. Um, and Amanda Waller's um, uh, way to convince Ultraman was basically like, you're a god, but I, I can be here to take care of the ants. Everyone's an ant to you. Let me take care of the minutia. You focus on big stuff and you don't have to worry about all the little things. I'll get on that. And that, I guess it works. Um, and then he becomes part of her new suicide squad. Yeah. What did you think? Oh. <laughs> Fucking. Um, uh, I think it was all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was fine. I, um, I, the only thing I found interesting 
in this issue was the Suicide Squad subplot, the actual Suicide Squad subplot, where the good guys. yeah, right. the yeah, the good guys, the air quotes, good guys, where um, Flag is finally kind of defecting from Waller, um, deactivating you know bombs and chip and and building his own team of suicide squad to fight her mm. new budding team of suicide squad which i i have not read tons of suicide squad but it does feel mildly fresh and then the inclusion of like just off characters like fucking ambush bug this that makes me weird. want to read this makes me want to read the suicide squad series but i don't know if i care about this going forward mm-hmm. right like this mini didn't really do much for me other than kind of get me interested in what's been happening on Suicide Squad agnostic of this. Right. Yeah. But fine. yeah, this was this was just solid. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah, I thought um first of all, I'm wondering is this the Amanda Waller of Earth 3? No. Because they got to not be that different, right? You know, the two Amanda Waller. Well, if for there's the most another part, Amanda Waller on Earth three, the good guys are the bad guys, and the bad guys are the good guys, right? So, exactly. I, so Waller is kind of yeah, she's, you know, she's right, a mercenary. Exactly. Well, there doesn't have right. to be a Waller on Earth three, like just like there's no Bruce. Have to be. Yeah, there's a Thomas. Right, yeah, right, we, right. But it wouldn't surprise me if, like, she's got something up her sleeve, and that could be it. That it's revealed that she is not the Waller that we think she is. Um, but I don't know this book I thought was there is a great way that many comics do to introduce you to what's happening in a story even if you haven't read any stuff that leads up to it and this book did not do those things in any way right this was like the next issue of Suicide Squad um it, yet it is labeled a number yeah. one you know it's a bookend it's number one of a bookend crossover um I think it would have been cool to have just a little, just a little about what Waller is up to with the Suicide Squad. It comes in that panel <laughs> that you were looking at, JD. Two thirds of the way through the book, ambush, ambush Bug is like, "Hey, here's what's going on." But I still don't really know what's going on. Like, I guess that's General <laughs> oh, Zod. Also, also, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, like, I didn't know who a lot of these characters were. Like, was that supposed to be Zod because yeah. he looked like a fourteen-year-old, and then he gets sucked into the um. Valzod, right? No, there was a uh, white guy. No, I think he's oh. probably. I think this guy is probably the Zod of Earth Three or some other. There's a multiversal thing happening here. Too. Oh, that's what. Yeah. Well, I, or Amanda Waller's <coughs> Amanda Waller's current Suicide Squad is a multiversal Suicide Squad, from what I gathered. Oh, so I yeah I, I did not know. I, I would love. I would have loved a character page. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. but then we essentially lose like fucking three characters to the phantom zone and no one talks about it at all well and also one of them's like now you have to go back to your home the phantom zone be like clayface the ultimate clayface but then home is the phantom zone poor cheetah deuces like it was very weird it was just jarring (laughs) yeah um I was looking forward to this book because I was like, ooh, this crossover with Flash and, and Titans and Earth 3 and all that stuff. And it didn't it didn't grab me as much as I wanted it to. And that might not have been the case at all if I was reading Suicide Squad. Um, 
I mean, Ambush Bug even mentions that in issue number 12 is where yeah, I mean, something if, happens that leads into this. In, in the long and short of it, though, if the intent was to interest me in a Suicide Squad book, hmm. sure. You're Just right. not right. not forward. Backwards. You want to read what led up to yeah, this? Well, that still gets I don't want to. Sales. I don't want to continue so, yeah. this so much as like do my homework. Right. This is like catching uh, episode fifteen of the second season and being like, oh, I, that seems kind of cool. I'll go back and read and, yeah, and watch yeah. the rest for this to matter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I can add to this conversation right. is that I read the Suicide Squad that takes place directly after this, and it. Things happen. They say that things have happened in this issue that didn't happen. So we've got this situation with Owl and um, Owl Man and the Owl. Talon. What is it? Talon. Talon. That's Talon. right. Um, Talon, where he breaks his back. But in the next issue, they say that he like slit his throat as well, which never happens. Huh. Wait, dude. They're, Interesting. These writers are like on the heels of each other doing this together. That's not, yeah. it's not like it was a random tie in where right. he punched from the left, but he really punched from the right. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Part two. That's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, this was fine. I'm not going to bother with any more of it though. Uh, all right. I last but not least, what if, what if Miles Morales, number one, what if he became Captain America? Uh, boop, 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 boop. Let's see. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Ooh, I scrolled too fast. Marvel Comics, written by oh. Cody Ziegler, with art by Paco Medina. Friendly neighborhood Captain America. What if Miles what? Morales had never been bitten by a genetically enhanced spider and became Spideyman? What if instead the U.S. government recruited, trained, and granted him incredible powers with the super soldier serum? Well, that didn't happen. No. But that... One of them happened. One of those three things happened. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's this. This is yeah. Basically, it's a five issue miniseries of what now. ifs. Miles Morales became a different hero. The next one's Wolverine. This one I started off as like, ah, oh, this looks so cool. Look at that costume in the beginning. It's so neat. I'm really into this. And then uh, I got a couple pages in, and then I was like, nah, I'm bored. And I just started like skipping yeah. through it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't finish this issue. Uh, hopefully, someone else here did. Um, the ideas sound. But for some reason, I just I, I wasn't engaged. I don't know what it was. Um, we just sort of jump to his this storyline. I like I like that he's with Falcon. Um, I think that's cool that they're a little team and there's the tension there. I like some of that. But I, I don't know. There was something about the story that I was just like, oh, I don't care. Um, what did it you was, it ahead, was Brian. truncated? Yeah. It, yeah, it was very much an overview, right? Yeah. Like. It, not out of a classic what if style, but we get to, you know, the overview of his origin and Steve Rogers isn't around and he'd be, you know, we get how he gets to become Captain America. And then I thought, okay, now we're going. And then there's even more overview. And I'm like, all right, they're bringing us up a little bit into his career. And then it, it does eventually get going, but it felt it, like all of the, bad sides of what if where they just kind of are like here's everything that happened but it's just kind of what if everything played out roughly the same in Miles Morales' life but he's Captain America and not Spider-Man you know there's there's very little difference 
and sometimes that happens in an Elseworlds or a what if where it's like, oh, these themes kind of repeat. But this one felt um, very uh, surface level only. You know, you just get this kind of like, like an overview of his life. And then, J.D., it's a shame that you didn't get to the end because his uncle revealed to be the Prowler, coming as little or no surprise to anybody who's interested enough to pick up this Miles Morales What If series. Um, and he turns and he, you know, he helps Miles, but then in the end, you know, he, he didn't turn entirely and he's got a bit of the Cosmic Cube and apparently that other guy's bandana handkerchief that he, for some reason, takes. See, he's wearing it here, the gray skull. Uh-huh. And then in the final page, the Prowler has put it over his costume. Okay. Yeah. Oh. There it is. Okay. Right? Like, he's like, not only do I have his cube, uh-huh. but also this red that is a, That's an interesting yeah. choice. Um, this, yeah. I, I am reminded how much I don't like what if stories or the one shots the one shot what if series i've always disliked it it's just it's like where they do a bunch of one shots on a similar theme well i mean the what if series is typically always just a one issue story of what if this happened i always like i always love the idea and i never enjoy it because it's just an outline right like it's eh. um or it, like you said, it's just literally the exact same beats. It's just a different costume. Yeah. Um, they yeah. don't actually tell a different story. Yeah. Now, I was very encouraged, and I really, really like a lot of the other things that Marvel's been doing. Not always with the what if branding, but still what if, like the life, the life story series. Yeah. Which is essentially six issue what ifs, mm. and they're great. Um, Spider Spider Man Spider Shadow, which was a what a, officially a what if story, but it was a five issue miniseries that told a whole story, mm. lets you mm. actually sit in it and understand the differences. The return to um, one shots designed to sell first appearances and action figures, I don't, I don't care for. Mm. I really wanted this to be cool and. They hint at the the idea of a connective tissue between these five one shots. Yeah, yeah, um, which is kind of cool. I, I didn't expect that. Yeah, I is this the first of the of the yes. one shots? Yeah, I okay. I would love. I I fear that they're just going to all be like this, and mm-hmm. then the the fifth yeah. one will be some sort of truncated version of let's all get together, which yeah. doesn't really solve my problem. <laughs> So I'm yeah, not super I think what this is, this. I think this is designed to be a Spider Gwen esque sort of dalliance where um, hmm. they're hoping one of these will really take off, and then we'll have a, we'll have be able to create a uh, series yeah. of like Miles Wolverine or yeah, like who's very popular. What other characters could we make him yes. be? And Miles is a new version of a different character yeah. anyway. Did you guys notice that nobody else seems to be in this universe? It's like. What if Captain America was the only yeah. superhero? You know, they don't get into like, oh, and Thor is doing this. Yeah. Right, right. And that was something that the older What If series did. See, I, I see a difference between these more modern What Ifs that seem to be like this um, and the older the What If series that was like, what if... Uh, uh, what if they found a cure for the thing? Mm-hmm. And then it goes a different way. Like you get a, you know, 
it turns out the Hulk becomes more thing like by the end of it, but there's a whole other they like they help they take care of Galactus in a different way, you know, all that kind of mm. stuff. Um and that kind of stuff I loved. I was really looking forward to this book and it just didn't give me that much, yeah. you know. Ah, uh, bummer. Well, mm. we can tell you what's not a bummer. We have a special guest. What is it? Oh. Let's see if he's ready. You ready? I don't understand. The hey, it's Len! Hey! <laughs> Yo, what's it's up? It's the mother-loving bat tribble. Hey, buddy. What's up? Len, I was wondering. <laughs> what were you wondering, <laughs> B? Is there any way for people to contribute to this show that you're enjoying yet? Uh, <laughs> Do you know? Well, That's the only reason you're here, Len, to answer that question. <laughs> Funny you ask, Brian. On my way here, I passed yeah. a billboard that said patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. And I'm oh, in the right? small print. That is what... That's the, what the money goes to. For anyone who signs up for patreon.com slash Johnny's Truck it's just paying for the billboard. Yes. We're not investing in the show. We're investing in new app, uh, streams, uh, uh, avenues, uh, avenues of, of uh, Promotion. financing, of uh, revenue, revenue streams. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, so if you go to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo and you can make any type of um, monetary support if it doesn't impact you um, negatively. Yeah. The guys here at Copop would greatly appreciate it because that helps keeping the show free and helps them bringing all this wonderful geekery to each and every one of you. Yeah. Oh, well done. Thank you. Um, welcome back to the show, Len. <laughs> What's up, We y'all? missed you. I missed you, too. How y'all doing? <laughs> now <laughs> Rob chimes in. Good. Good. I'm you? great. What's oh, up, hey, Rob? What's up, douche? Hal2814, what's up? Oh, y'all, how you doing? And now Kev is leaving because I'm here. Bye, Kev. Did the, <laughs> did the show just get better? Just it like, got sexier. <laughs> just immediately? Yeah. Uh, I it was already sexy with Brian and that, that fabulous beard of his. Ooh. Thank you, man. Show um, some V. I can't say enough good things about your <laughs> But I'm here to talk about the Batman. I, I actually have notes for it. Yeah. Oh. Oh no! I mean, in the script, would oh. you like to read the notes? Oh, I'll read those notes. Hold on. I was I'm opening up a new. Opening up a new. Look at JD the fresh Batman with, with a fresh Lasix. Look, look at it. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Now you can really see the crow's feet. <laughs> and my my hooded my hooded crow's feet. Ah, you're welcome. Your epicanthic It took a while for me to get, you know I'm not used to you without your glasses, man. It took me a while. I was like, who the fuck is this up here? I was like, oh, it's JD. It's still taking me a while. (laughs) I felt like I... And people have a problem with Superman's Clark Before, I used to be able to hide behind my beard and my glasses. um, And now, uh, now I just have to hide behind my beard. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of... Start doing a coma. Yeah, like not, not related to this, but there's a lot of like actors and comedians and stuff who after getting LASIK, they'll keep... Yep their frames on for a while like Hannibal mm. Burris went through a whole like year of wearing no lenses in his glasses mm-hmm. for for stand up because mm. people didn't recognize him without them yeah mm. oh that's so neat um anyway we're here to talk about the goddamn Batman uh PG-13 it's directed by Matt Reeves and written by Matt Reeves and Peter Craig starring 
Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Jeffrey Wright, Paul Dano, Colin Farrell, and John Tataro. Uh, when the Riddler, a sadistic serial killer, begins moitering key political figures in Gotham, Batman is forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption and question his family's involvement. Um, all right. Who wants to take it away? You know what, Len? Fucking <laughs> 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 Batusi over here. Um, why don't you? Oh, Rob Beatty says it's like Mona Lisa outside the frame. Talking about my, my face. That means it would get ruined. Oh. Put the frame. Put the frame back on. <laughs> um, tell, oh, what did you think about? Well, you know what? Let's start. How do they usually do this stuff like this? Let's see. Uh, what's your experience in the Batman films? What's your favorite one so far? Um, and oh. then and then tell us feels what like, you thought about this. Feels like you're jumping straight to intercourse on the first date. We're really going to go through like favorite <laughs> movies. Is immediately? that a bad first date? I mean, you know what? Let's do it. What's your favorite Batman? <laughs> all right. Well, all four of Wait, us. Wait, actually, um, can, before you answer that question, can we have ground rules? Like, are we including animated films? Are we including animated... Live action. Cartoons? Just live action? Live Thank action. you. And live we're action all, television? we're all going to say just... probably the animated ones. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like live that's a cop-out. Live action post-1980? Live action not you know, like, counting or not counting um, Adam West, the movie? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. And the movie serials. Uh, the movie serials. Let's, oh, let's forget that. Um, <laughs> let's forget them. Yeah. I said, I said don't. Starting with 1966, <laughs> the live action yeah. films. Got you. Cool. So are you starting with me? Well, are my, fav- yeah. my favorite Batman movie um, before seeing the Batman um, going yes. into that was Batman Begins. That was my favorite Batman movie. Um, I think it's probably the closest one to me that had a feel of the character as well as, you know, kind of like um, true to the comic book, you know, Um uh, I know everybody kneels at the altar of Batman 89. I like Batman 89. I don't love Batman 89. Um, I, I just got to be honest about that. And the further away I get from the rest of, yes, I have that issue as well. Uh, <laughs> I actually have a, um, oh, I don't, I don't know if I can show it to y'all. Hold on. Let me, can I do this? Will this show? Uh, yeah, that'll go. If I Wait, are we going? Let's go full screen. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, y'all can go full screen. Um, there. Ooh, oh, that's a good one. I almost bought that. Oh. Where'd you get that? Ah, uh, someplace online. Like Etsy that. or something, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. That is a great poster. Yeah. So, so it's a nice little frame, John. So, so I nice. do like Batman '89. Um, the further away I get from the rest of the Dark Knight series. Hey, they leave me a little cold um, just because of I think that the writing and the editing is very clunky in both of them. Um, and one of them has more endings than the Lord of the Rings. But um, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm not saying they're bad movies. They just leave me a little little cold. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's where I was going in to the Batman. Um, okay. Which I was very cautiously optimistic about because I am a huge Matt Reeves fan. Tell yeah. us what else has Matt Reeves directed? 
He directed um, the second and third part of the most recent Planet of the Apes trilogy, which I believe oh. is War of the Planet of the Apes and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and I may have the order incorrect. But those are those are um, the two big movies. And like, and the first Planet of the Apes was great, but the last two are just yeah perfection. They're they're perfect movies. Yeah. They're so good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's where you went. You were cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. walking out of the theater, how did you feel? Okay, well, walking out of the theater after watching The Batman, I had to take a minute because my legs fell asleep. Um, because the, <laughs> the movie is long. <laughs> it, is two, it is two full hours and 55 full minutes of a long-ass movie. I am not even going to front about this, ladies and gentlemen. Like, take a nap before you go into this movie. Do not hit recline on your seat because that is the danger zone. I'm just yep. telling you. Um, so I had to go through that. Fighting through that, and I, it took me a couple of days of processing this film and like really going over it. I really, really, really like this movie. I really, truly enjoyed it. I feel like this is now fully the first full interpretation of Batman uh, on the silver screen as a um, as a hero. As a detective, um, I think that this the writing was spot on from the beginning to end. Things make sense. The character of Batman, as he's depicted here in his second year of being Batman, makes sense. He's still a badass, but he's not so badass that he doesn't get a little bit nervous at times, especially there's a scene where he's about to jump off of a building and he is like the rest of us. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like, hold up. I'm not really a bat. Um, so, so like I dug, I, I dug that. I even dug that not only is Batman not fully formed, Bruce Wayne is not fully formed, yeah. nor is his relationships with everyone. Even his relationship with Alfred is not fully formed at this point. He's still processing where he stands with that. The most fully formed relationship in this is the one that makes the most sense for it to be kind of working his way there is is his relationship with Jim Gordon, played Mm -hmm. by Jeffrey Wright, who now and forevermore will be the only Gordon we ever need. All right. Mm -hmm. That's it. I don't want to see anybody else as Jim Gordon. All you uh, J.T. J.K. Simmons fans, like, yo, I'm sorry. There's no oh, other. That's right. Gary Sinise fans. I'm, not Gary Sinise. Right. Um, Gary Altman. Gary Altman. Gary Altman. Gary Altman may have the look from the comics, but Jeffrey Wright is yeah. Gordon. And this is a spot on um, Gordon. Why? Because his relationship with Batman is bordering on what w- you can see becoming a friendship as the grays set in, but more importantly, this Gordon is a cop first and he's every bit a cop and a detective that this Batman is. So that's, so they actually are working, um, uh, uh, in tandem with one another. Um, despite the opposition that Batman is feeling from, from the police in this movie. 
It's just a gorgeous movie. It, it's great. I love the, the world building. Gotham feels like a Gotham doesn't feel like faux New York, faux Chicago, faux Pittsburgh. Doesn't feel like sound sets. Um, like Colin Farrell is is unrecognizable as the Penguin. Oh, but, he's my favorite. Yeah. But he but he works. He he's very good. He's very good. And I have a feeling feeling he's going to do more in possibly the sequel or I think they're going doing the Penguin series. Yeah, he's like he's got an HBO Max series. Yeah. He's close to being my favorite. Robert Pattinson is spot on as Batman. I was not mm-hmm. 100% sold about this on this costume. The costume sells it and he wears it very well. I loved his Bruce Wayne because his Bruce Wayne made sense that he's not fully formed. He's still re- re- reconciling exactly what his mission is in here. And his Bruce Wayne, because he is so tortured, recognizes the torture that he sees in other people, which is why we don't need the fucking origin again, because it's it's told through the looks of other people in this in this movie, including the one child who loses his parents very early on in the film and including in Selena Kyle, played by Zoe Kravitz, who, again, no one else needs to be Catwoman, but Zoe Kravitz. Them some fighting words, Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't give a fuck. First of all, Michelle Pfeiffer didn't play Selena Kyle. Second of all, um, Michelle Michelle Pfeiffer was not... She was good, but she was... What do you mean she didn't play Selena Kyle? I don't... Is it was. Name not Selena Kyle? It, it was. I think he's. I think you're referring to the fact that she oh. was nothing at all in any way, shape, or form oh, like I as see. a comic oh, book. Right. Yeah. She, was she was not. Yeah. She was not. Yeah. Nothing yeah. at all. She wasn't. She wasn't. She wasn't. Yeah, yeah. They just put the name on a on a secretary. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't term. Selena yeah. Kyle. This right. is Selena Kyle. Zoe Kravitz, Zoe Kravitz yes. is Selena Kyle. Yeah. And and, it's, and 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 as much as everybody kneels at the altar of Michelle Pfeiffer, and she was good for that film. That film is very cartoony. It's not. It's not Zoe Kravitz is the Catwoman as as Frank Miller and David uh, Masticelli developed her in yeah. a Batman it does Year feel One, like her, doesn't it? Yeah. And it and, and even more so, it feels like the Zoe Kravitz, um, excuse me, Selena Kyle Catwoman from Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale's um, comic books, yeah. the, the Long yeah. Halloween, which owes a, a lot aesthetically and storytelling wise. This movie owes. Oh, the big debt too. This movie was just—it's—it's it's long, but I'm hard pressed to find out, out what you would have cut. Really, it's just a matter of Batman walking, yeah. walking a little faster in yeah. a couple of scenes. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it would have worked. Yeah, there, but there are things that linger that don't need to, but it's okay that they do. So, like the opening sequence is the perfect example. You get the perspective of the serial killer mm-hmm. through binoculars. Mm-hmm. That goes on a for like bit, five minutes. A little long, and right? I, I like, we can get, like that we can get two minutes of it. I like that it, you as know? you're watching like, it. You're not, I wasn't sure. Okay, is this someone watching the Waynes before they die? And Yeah. Or yeah, is this current and yeah. Batman's watching this Yeah, or something? You know, so that was nice. That's, that is perfectly the brilliance of this movie, though. Like, that they are telling you a different story while also using the understood tropes or familiarity exactly. you already bring which which they you. which they pull directly okay. from Batman 1989 the beginning of that film starts with um, a mother and a uh, father yeah. and a son go get coming out of a movie theater walking down a an alleyway mm. and then you find out that that's not the, the Waynes that is you know current day current day um, and you know Len, um, Len, in regards, 
in regards to you mentioning um, Jeffrey Wright, I saw an interview of his and he was asked what his character's motivation was, how he portrayed playing uh, Gordon. And it was very simple. He just said, I am Batman's biggest fan. Mm-hmm. I mm. admire and love this dude, but it's very like, I got to keep it low because it's not cool to. Yeah. Yeah. I am just Batman's biggest fan. That's cute. And He's the whole Coulson. time I'm watching it, I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. He is, he is a competent Colson. He is Batman's <laughs> biggest fan. And just like, how can I help dude? What? No, I, like he inherently for some reason trusts Batman more than everyone around him. <laughs> Yeah. And that's the guy oh, in the mask. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was really, he, really now fun. With Carl Lumley is, um, uh, spans both DC and Marvel, one in animation and one in live action each. That's true. Uh, you know, because he did The Watcher oh, sure. and Carl Lumley did um, Isaiah Bradley yeah, and Marshall really Meadow. And John uh, uh, John's father mm-hmm. on Super. That's very true. You know, one of the smartest yeah. bits that they did in this movie, I mean, a uh, there's a ton of smart stuff in this movie. But one of the smartest bits in, in kind of relation to Gordon is that I was actually surprised that there was a bat signal already in this in this movie. Mm. But I love that the bat signal is not at the top of police yeah. headquarters. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. unsanctioned. Right. It's just two of them yeah. know where it is. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. But what was that building? Was that just the building just, where they meet? It was just a hollowed out yeah. building that never got finished yeah, because yeah. of the renewal project. Yeah. Right, right. Um, okay. My favorite going into oh, this yeah. was the Batman 1989, and my second favorite was the Dark Knight. Um, and uh, I, I, I can't say I was super excited about this film going into it. The trailer kind of left me a little bit cold, uh, especially one scene where someone is calling out Bruce for his parents' philanthropy, and like, from what I can tell, you're not doing anything. And then Bruce Wayne, like makes a cocky face and it smash cuts to like him destroying a car uh, and almost murdering the man inside with his own vehicle. And like, yeah, this doesn't, this does not, this is not a superhero I really care about these days. Um, he's just like, you know, it's a guy who punches junkies, a rich white guy who punches junkies basically is what Batman is these days. Um, I think he's better served uh, fighting bigger than life villains like the Joker, stuff like that. Not, being real and grounded and gritty. Uh, it's, it's not kind of what I want from Batman, especially since every single Batman we get is the new version of the darker and grittier and more realistic Batman. Um, they just try to out dirty, out gritty, out realistic each other. Um, but um, that being said, uh, I enjoyed the movie. I think it was very con- com- competently made. I think it was really well done. The score is my favorite score of the past, mm-hmm. I don't know how many years. The score I just constantly put on whenever I'm doing work. I love it so much. Um, it almost feels like a horror movie score, which I, I like a lot. Um, although his main theme does seem like the um, Darth Vader music, but with you know missing one or two beats. A little um, bit, yeah. If you listen to yeah. it, it's basically yeah. Darth Vader's um, theme music. Um, but I, I, that's fine, too. Um, I just, I had no emotional reaction to anything that happened on screen as opposed to let's say spider-man no way home where i was like there was a scene in that movie that like literally got me choked up the andrew garfield saving mj scene um there's nothing in this movie that got me emotional in any way there was a bunch of stuff that was me going oh that's cool oh thumb drive Uh, that's funny um stuff like that um 
I don't think that any Batman, especially not one in his second year, should be able to walk into machine gun fire at close range and just keep punching things as if he's nothing's hitting him. Um, that's not the Batman year two that I think I would want to see. Um, but I do like that he got hammed up uh, playing Flying Squirrel and he like hit a bunch of shit and then landed hard. Yeah, um, yeah. That was kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I just... I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why I felt disconnected emotionally from what was happening. Uh, there was a lot of really cool stuff, a lot of great sequences. I liked that he was actually a detective for the first time in his entire uh, live action career. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I, you know, all the actors were great. There, was, there wasn't a bad performance in it. My favorite, of course, I think was actually Colin Farrell just because he, was, he, did, he pulled a Gary Oldman, which is when Gary Oldman first started or when I first started sort of discovering him, every, every character he played wasn't Gary Oldman. I, like, I almost couldn't tell it was Gary Oldman. And I felt this way with... Um, he apparently doesn't... He doesn't remember his own accent. Right. Like his original he's, yeah, he's such way a chameleon. of speaking. I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So he has a lot of cool shit in here. And it's a very good movie. I definitely enjoyed it. But uh, maybe I need to go watch it again. Also... Times have been fucking dark, and I'm not sure a really dark ver superhero movie is what I'm in the mood for right now. Um, even though I watch horror movies and stuff, I just I don't know if I want that in my superheroes right now. Well, here's uh, the so in the in the no, future I might feel differently, but that's sort of where I'm I'm landing right. Well, it, well, first of first of all, I know everybody's chomping at this and jump in, but the one thing that I will say is that. In comparing it at least to Spider-Man No Way Home, I think it, that's a little bit unfair because Spider-Man No Way Home is the end of a trilogy. And that movie is filled with member berries from five other movies as well. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the baggage. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so I, I don't know if that's necessarily 100% fair. And two, well, it's OK. But, but what it is, is fun. I did not have any fun watching this movie. There was not I don't think the fun to be had. This was, was not fun, a fun film. Yeah. Um, and the way I described it to someone else was, I will watch a comedian and mm. I will go, that's a good joke. And I won't laugh. Mm. But I will sit there and I'll go, oh, that's a good joke. That's, that's my emotional reaction to this movie. Oh, that's a good movie. You know what I mean? I, I feel you. I feel you. The, the other thing that I will say in regards to how dark this film is and it is a it is a dark film i don't think it's like i don't think it is as near as to me yeah. as dark as the dark knight films but it is it is dark and the reason why i say that is because at the end of this movie and you can feel it all along as the story is progressing and it, it's subtly and also in uh, uh visually and through the script all throughout this movie, as he starts this movie, as you know, he doesn't call himself Batman, even though everybody calls him Batman. He calls himself I'm Vengeance, and then everybody yeah. starts calling him Vengeance throughout the fucking movie. Like that's his nickname. I like that. All right, there, Vengeance. I'm Bat Vengeance Man. Like that's his. But but what you notice is that throughout the throughout the film. Is that even though he is constantly stepping out of the shadow and they're like, oh, it looks so fucking good. Um, each 
subsequent time he comes out of the shadow or he meets with Gordon or he meets with Catwoman, every time he's meeting them at a different time of the day. And he's meeting them at, at in the mm-hmm. evening and then he meets them at dusk and then mm-hmm. sometimes it's like the light is starting to crest. And story-wise, mm-hmm. he is coming to a realization throughout this film that he can't be as this dark vengeance person yeah. and yeah. he literally yeah. turns into the torch the the the, the light for Gotham yeah. in its hour of yeah. need which yeah. um precludes one is led to believe to where it possibly goes in the subsequent films so and i i really enjoyed that 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 was a, a nice little thematic turn that was, it felt almost uh, like a on. superman ending it felt like the superman ending that you yeah. everybody Wanted to read into Man of Steel, but, but didn't happen. But didn't happen. didn't happen. Yeah, so that's that's what I was gonna say. Like, there's beat for beat, there are things in this movie that are as dark, if not darker, than um, the last live action iteration of Batman, uh, and just the Snyderverse in general. But what this movie, this movie is dark, and it's just as dark. But those movies were hopeless, and this is not hopeless. Mm-hmm. There is. Hope in the mission. There is hope in the trajectory. There is still hope in him to be able to make a difference because the very beginning is, am I actually making a difference? Year two, I'm a nocturnal animal. He is in distress and he's only in distress because he still has hope. Mm -hmm. Um, He just doesn't know how to do it. And the movie just progresses you towards that kind of like him figuring out where he needs to be now because – I've plateaued here as just an agent of fear. Yeah, and he sees that being mirrored in the Riddler character as well. And he's like, "Ooh, mm-hmm. ooh, that's the other side of the uh, coin." He's like, "And all right, it's a, I'll, I'll shut up." Now. You know yeah. what? You know what? I would. I'm sorry. Just a piggyback off of, off of that, Len, about that hope, hopefulness at the end. Uh, it did occur to me several times throughout this movie. I'm like, my man's just walking into a crime scene. He's just, you know, before uh-huh. we've seen him just sort of like dip out of the shadows and like grab people from the darkness like a monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would have been kind of cooler if we saw that here. And then in the next movie, he's just cruising around um, with the police uh, at crime scenes and being like, what's up, Joe? You know? Um, yeah, but this is this is Starfucker Gordon who yeah. just wants his yeah. His uh, his friend, yeah, his yeah. like uh, his celebrity crush to come to the scene. <laughs> like I invited him. It's totally fine. But I'm sorry. Go ahead, <laughs> Brian. What did you think? Plus, this is year two. I loved it. Um, from the opening title card, red, full screen, block letters, the Batman. So simple, and the music, the classical music that was playing at that time. Those two elements set Ave the Maria, tone for me. Yeah. This like. Yeah. Ave Maria. Was it? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, I didn't recognize it, or maybe I did at the time and just don't remember, but... Um, it was three hours of movie. Eight. You're allowed yeah. to forget the yeah. song cue. Yeah. The only reason I recognize is because I was like, this is not how the score starts. I've been listening to the score for days. <laughs> oh, it's Ave Maria. Ah. <laughs> um, yeah, that to me, like that entry into this film was like, this is a moody cerebral movie that we are getting into this is a this is a removed view um <laughs> of uh, you know like batman seen from an, an outside perspective or whatever i don't know uh, what that metaphor means but um one of the things that has uh, stuck with me the most is all of the scenes that were in silhouette right 
all of the scenes from a, a little far back of him and Catwoman or him and Gordon, amazing, right? Like every time you see the silhouette of Batman, it's it's great. Um, and yeah, like I think Len, you were saying this is Batman. This is like fully Batman on the screen in a way that I don't think we've gotten before. Like I was having a hard time thinking of what my favorite Batman movie is because I don't know that I really have one before this movie. Like. I've liked mm-hmm. a lot of Batman movies, but do any of them stand head and shoulders above the rest? Or I don't think so for me. Uh, none of them have been Batman, you know? The Nolan ones were Christopher Nolan's version of Batman. Um, and this one seems like the comic book Batman on screen. And it's even interesting, the costume. You know, I like costumes to be like they are in the comics. Is You know, I, I enjoy that. And I was a little, like... Is this one all black? Are we getting one of those again? Why can't they do black and gray? And they somehow did both of those things, where it's like it's all black, but there is a difference between the symbol and the cowl Mm. and the rest of the suit, you know? And they didn't even have the wrist scallops, you know, the gauntlet scallops, and I didn't even notice until, like, the (laughs) next day. You know, it didn't occur to me. Also, apparently, you guys, there's yellow in that costume. Where? Did you notice that? I didn't. So there's uh, on the uh, the Hot Toys figure, and then I saw some stills from the movie, there's a little bit of yellow on his arms and a little bit on the bat itself. And I'm like, I saw that straight away, and I saw a photo of it, and I'm like, you know what? That I might have interpreted that as glints of light. They're very, very subtle. I don't know. I'm not even 100% sure that they're there, but I, you know, I thought it was interesting. Um, I loved his relationship with Gordon. I've lo- Jeffrey Wright is an amazing actor, and uh, I was really excited for him to play this role. And he plays a very cool, like, not-yet-commissioner, earlier years Gordon, where, you know, he's a little more proactive, a little more, like, rough around the edges and just young man-ish than we're mm-hmm. usually used to, the more staid Commissioner Gordon. I like that they skipped over. I love the whole year two concept, right? We don't need to see Batman's origin again. I don't need to see how the unlikely pairing of Gordon and, and happened, Bruce no, Wayne exactly. came together, right? Exactly. Like, there are most of the Batman comics you've ever read, all the coolest ones, he's already Batman. He knows Jim Gordon. He's, you know, it's all set up already. Um, and I thought that that was great. In fact, I would say this one w- was a welcome turn away from an attempt at ultra-realism, right? That was cool in Batman Begins, where it's like, oh, yeah, if somebody was this wealthy and talented, this is how they could become Batman. But that almost made it, well, not really Batman. That was like, how could Batman exist mm. in the real world? And this one doesn't feel the need to really tell you how he could exist in the real world. Like, he's already in his place, he's already doing his thing, but he's still kind of new. Um, and, yeah, the just, like, the slow, moody feel to it, uh, it in some ways reminded me of, like, 2001, A Space Odyssey, um, just in the austerity of the, the filmmaking style, and captured this, like, noir aspect. Um, like you said... Uh, Len, he was a detective for the first time ever. He wasn't comparing three bullet holes to one other (laughs) bullet hole, like in, I think, Dark Knight. You know, he was detecting things. 
and figuring stuff out. And there were layers to that, like a cool twist of like, you are El Ratulada <clears throat> and you all think it's this. And then he's like, wait a second, you are El. Yeah. That was a cool riddle. And, 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 you know? and, and he was um, still, he was, he was still very much learning stuff. Like he wasn't like the all knowing Batman mm-hmm. because as uh, right. JD's favorite character points out, you guys don't know Spanish. You can't figure. It yeah. Out. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a cool scene. A scene that I might've thought odd in a different era of Batman or a different mm-hmm. Batman movie. Um, but uh, yeah, I just thought, Oh, and uh, of course, Selena Kyle, she was great. You know, it was, um, it was pitch perfect. Catwoman and Batman Catwoman. relationship. Yes. Oh. Um, right down to the final scene, you know, yeah, very cool. That chemistry no. was insane. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I'm going to go back to the original assignment of going in Great. what your favorites were, which was actually a hard question to answer. Um, I have, like, my emotional favorite, which is Batman Returns, because I was nine, and it was the greatest thing I ever saw. But I know it's not the best Batman movie. But up until... This movie, it was The Dark Knight, and they are jockeying for first position mm-hmm. on any given day. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, I I fucking love this. Um, I thought, um, I wouldn't go as far as saying, you know, like, masterpiece, but it is the most impressive, I think it's the most impressive comic book adaptation I've ever seen. Ooh. Just... Mm. Just artistically wow, or that's, uh, that's big. I mean, it's not favorite. It's just this was such an impressively constructed, paced, mm. shot, cast movie. It just was. Mm. Um, it felt a little bit like a game changer. Not that every people are going to be recreating and trying to capture things that were evoked here mm-hmm. for years and they're going to do it wrong of course they're going to take the wrong lessons oh they always right? do um i loved where he was as a character it's nothing we've ever seen before the year two um not really understanding the utility of the symbol other than fear mm-hmm. which also was perhaps my favorite part of this entire movie that he did master the utility of the symbol for Mm -hmm. fear. That whole opening sequence of just people looking at shadows and being like, Oh yeah. Not sure. That was so fucking impressive. I forgot about that. That was awesome. I like, yeah, uh, I felt, I felt like the opening murder was pretty masturbatory in how protracted it was or how prolonged it was. And it was like, okay, I got it. Some cool shots, him standing behind motionless. It was scary. That's cool. But the opening dialogue, uh, uh, you know, where he's explaining where he is and then Mm. you're seeing different crimes happening when the symbol goes up, everyone's afraid of shadows. And I'm like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. That was great. No other movie and the 10 other movies of Batman have even thought to do this. Like they, even comics really, it was, you know, the success of his symbol. Well, to be fair, fair, that has been played up in the comics in one classic story. In the comics. Yeah. yeah. I feel you. Mm. It, 
it was it was it was wonderful shorthand that the movie did. Um, I loved the utility of everything. Everything seemed as though it could have and was built by hand by him and Alfred. Everything, <laughs> including the best Batmobile mm-hmm. ever. Uh, well, yeah, come on, like, come on. Wait, hang on. Let's not sidetrack this because I did read that it's like the. I guess there is a prequel novel. This version of Bruce Wayne is a mechanic and was a street racer in his teens. Like that was how he got his rocks Sorry, off. So he did novel? build that. Yeah, like a yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a novel, like a prequel like novel, a prose oh, book, shit. yeah, like yeah, like words, yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, um, but apparently <laughs> they mentioned Lex Luthor too. Do they? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but apparently. Uh, but apparently, like, so like they even seeded that where he built all this himself, and I, I swear, I was fucking cheering when he was able to quick change mm-hmm. his costume mm-hmm. because every single piece of it is just quick ready. All of it that mm. a person can construct that and it's good. And then he could just pop it off. Um, mm. This whole movie can be broken down mm. into the entire character's journey. So what I find impressive about certain filmmakers is that it's this movie is three hours long. It's expansive. It's big, huge ideas, the whole nine. But you literally could break this movie down and the entire character arc into three scenes, just three scenes. And it's still as functional and it's still as successful. That's every single time he goes to the club. Yeah. The first time is yeah. Batman. <laughs> the first time is Batman. Do you know who I am? Mm hmm. Uh, this fucking guy beats them up, goes in. This what is it? That's oh, the prequel novel. That, I might check that out. Oh yeah. The second time yeah. is Bruce Wayne. Do you know who I am? <laughs> Get a load of this fucker. It's yeah. Bruce Wayne. The third time, in secret, sneaks in. Yep. That yeah. is the entire yeah, character's cool. journey in this entire movie, understanding his role and the utility of a symbol in three simple scenes. Mm. And I just like I had a a filmmaker boner. Like, this is so good. Yeah, J.D. I was just impressed. I think to that point, it's, this is a superhero movie that is also a movie, like a good movie that was made as a film, you know, as opposed to just like the content, took, but also the It style. took me two or three days to process this flick. Dave, not because yeah. it's hard to understand, not because there's complicated right. things in it. It's just there was so much in it and it was like a marathon to get through, not in a bad way, just in it like it was a lot that it's like, I don't know if my knee jerk reaction is correct. Let yeah. me just yeah. chill with it. Um, but I did. I do still kind of stick with the comparison of I we watched it and I felt like I binged the first season of a TV show, but not in a bad way in a. I couldn't stop watching it. I stayed up all night and I finished it mm-hmm. and it was great. Like, yeah. like it was a chore that was, that I patted myself on the back for because it was rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I absolutely love this movie. All of the, all of the complaints or, or kind of, they're not digs because it's not coming from anger of it being too long. You're right. Of it needing trimming. You're probably right. Um, of it, you know, uh, I guess there's like, current shit about it being too fucking woke shut up How you're not right that's it? dumb 
Oh, there's a couple of reasons, according to neckbeard dipshits online. Um, one being that uh, the main thrust of uh, there's a couple of lines about like white privileged assholes ruining everything. Yeah, in Gotham. Oh, from Catwoman. But yeah, <clears throat> but also that there are only this one's really funny, <clears throat> and I'm sorry, but that there are only two. There we go positive or good white people in it and only two the batman and and, i know right and everyone else is a person of color and you're demonizing all these other white characters like like if you lived in a city it was it's such a weird straw man (laughs) argument that just completely misses the point of the entire fucking movie that it's hard to get any water to i'm so glad i haven't seen this online but it's out there and people are just like trolling and or jumping on it and they're missing the entire point of this being i mean other than other than logan this is the most kind of prestige treatment we've gotten of a funny pages character and Mm. it's fucking cool you know what yeah um as some of y'all know i do a a podcast the show mission where we have to watch a black film every week and this week i had have to hey (laughs) hey 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 hey. we make money we we make money off the podcast now so yes i have to um that must be nice (laughs) (laughs) um so tonight before we did this i watched our movie for this week which is a movie from 1997 called rosewood i don't know how many of you guys have seen it oh i have John Voight and um, Vin Rames. Um, it is a movie directed by John Singleton from 1997, like I, s- I spoke of. And it's slightly fictionalized, but it is primarily a based on a true story of a nice town in the South in the early 20s um, that was pretty much lived side by side Black people lived in Rosewood. White people lived in this place, um, Suran or, or something like that, this other town. And a white woman lied about a black man. And next thing you know, Rosewood is torched and over, uh, depending on accounts, 40 to 100 black people are burned and lynched. Hold now, on. What time period does this take place in? Early 20s. Yes, the 20th century. Seen, I'm sorry to interrupt. Have you seen Harder They Fall? Yes. That's, that's, what that's, was the name of that town? In the Harder They Fall? I don't think it's, that was Rosewood. It's not that Rosewood. Wasn't Rosewood. Oh, okay. I thought it was the, Rosewood for a second. And the Harder They Fall is, is set earlier. Well, you yeah, but that it's, like, it's the beginning uh, of a no, town. Well, I hear you. I hear you. And, and, and okay. it, well, it, it's not. It doesn't it, matter. This doesn't is matter. not. Go ahead. Not. Go ahead. But anyway. So I watched this film. I watched this film before before coming on tonight, and um, this is a film that I saw originally in 1997, and I haven't watched it from ni- since 1997. And that's because after watching that film, I came out of that movie ready to kill a bunch of people because it is a movie that made me actively mad. And I was looking forward to it was like, all right, I'm going to get this movie out of my system now, and then I'm going to go talk to my guys and talk about the Batman. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> But no, this is not a safe space because Noel has to bring up all these knucklehead, bitch ass, punk ass motherfuckers. 
fuck you because there's only two white people in this it, good white people in this movie. Go then go go get your jollies watching the Avengers. Go get your jollies watching Disney Plus. Fuck you if you don't like this movie because of that and leave it to the rest of us. That's as far as I'm going to go cuz trust me, I could go further. <sighs> Uh, uh, I'm sorry for encroaching on your safe space. That was not the intention. I just, I, 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 I get livid about people weaponizing false rage or, or fabricated rage for, for no reason whatsoever. The fact that there is a, the fact that there's a fucking multicultural cast in a modern city that is filled by millions of people is some sort of revisionist or a tr- like what? It makes no I'm fucking to the sense. Quote, when you're privileged, equality oh, feels like oppression. Yeah. Oppression. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. fuck those guys. They suck. Uh, I love this. I love this movie. Yeah, I I want to you know, go see it again. We all got beards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how I just noticed Sorry. that we all have beards. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that earlier when you brought up the beard. I was like, wait a second. Uh, Hal <laughs> yeah. says, "Preach, Len." Um, <laughs> what's up, Hal? What's up? Bull? Um, yeah. Um, despite all of my complaints, or not, actually I didn't make any complaints, did I? Um, no, you, you just, you, you it didn't connect. I still with gave me, it, but you were, I gave it four stars out of five. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. So pretty yeah. good. Yeah. And this, I, I uh, what do you guys think about his Batman voice? I loved it. I thought it was awesome. great. Um, it was not, it wasn't like a put on, you know what I mean? It was. And it doesn't you, have you know what to it felt like he was doing? Did you guys see, yeah. um, oh, what was the name of it? Mountain. Um, Heath, Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. Heath Ledger um, mm-hmm. had a character in that film, I believe, uh, who was gay. And he was so oh, repressed, he was so repressed that his acting decision was to make it seem as if he had to force the words out of his mouth. His mouth was very tight. Um, mm-hmm. which was a physical representation mm-hmm. of how repressed he felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of felt mm-hmm. that way about Robert Pattinson's Batman when he was in the cowl. It's like he was sort of like, yeah. Really? Um, but I, 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 in a good yeah. way. Um, as oh, opposed yeah, yeah. to uh, the previous trilogy, short of me! You know, it's just, it's so much. Yeah. Especially, Rachel! there's scenes uh, where he got, he's, he's by himself and, uh, and I think in, in like, um, I guess, what was it? Someone, some, was it Catwoman was there or somebody? Yeah, Anne Hathaway's Catwoman leaves him on, on the rooftop and he goes, so that's what that feels like. Why are you putting on a voice? Yeah. You're by yourself. You sound like an <laughs> asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I think he has to put on the Bruce Wayne voice. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, um, I like, I do, uh, I, it's just, we could, you honestly could talk about this movie for another hour because it was three hours long. But, um, I genuinely yeah. like the absence of Bruce Wayne too, mm. because he's been so enamored with the mission for two years yeah. that he doesn't even know who the fuck yeah. Bruce Wayne is. It was kind of strange. So how do you? He hasn't constructed that. that it was kind of strange yeah. though, because like, there's uh, there's very much leading up to a Bruce Wayne scene where um, he's like, you know, the board members are coming, and you know, you're everything's being yeah. run into yeah, the ground yeah. because you're not being Bruce Wayne, and he has to go to this meeting, and then they're just like, all right, time jump. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was waiting was to see his Bruce Wayne. Like, I didn't think yeah. about it again, you know. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that Riddler thing, got me. 
got me, man. When they're in, um, oh, and- when he says Bruce Wayne a bunch of times, oh. I loved it. May I? I thought it was may great. I? I did yeah. have I did have three things. You may. Um, and they're all the same thing. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about right, Nolan so and I more. have had a conversations about Rise of Skywalker, and in that movie, they mm. do three. They they do a couple of things, and then they immediately undo them, which makes them feel cheap to me. Uh, we think that Chewie is dead because Ray blows up uh, the ship he's on, mm. and then we find out later, oh no, there was another ship. He wasn't on that ship. Uh, there's all of this rigmarole about C-3PO is never going to be able to have his memories again. And then one scene later, he's like, no, it's um, still 3PO. Um, I felt like that. Still 3PO. Yeah. <laughs> called him from then um, on. <laughs> I felt like that happened three times here. And I always forget what the three are. But one of them was, oh, Thomas Wayne oh, the, is a bad Thomas guy. Wayne. Psych, he's, he's fine. He didn't mean to have the guy killed. He just said, do something. Um there was another Scare. one, which was, oh, Alfred's dead. And I was like, oh, shit, that's bald. Oh, he's alive. Okay, he's alive. Um, and then the other yeah. one, what was the third one, Noel? Uh, the, was it the Bruce Wayne thing? Three. No, I only Where said two things. The, yeah. the, the Bruce Wayne reveal. Or that oh, and then, yes, that, and then the thing that Brian yeah. just said, where, yeah, yeah. oh, my God, the Riddler yeah. knows that he's Bruce Wayne? And Whoa. it's on camera? Psych. No, he doesn't. He was yeah. just talking about Bruce Wayne in a really weird way. Um so those three things I did notice all all three of them together like one of those wouldn't have bothered me but the fact that there were three rug pulls within one movie I was just like all right I don't I think they're rug I saw pulls the Thomas yeah, Wayne yeah, thing. I don't think so yeah I saw that as like the uncovering exactly. the unlayering of this, this which is a which is a very detective noir thing to do and fit very well in the story where he gets one story from Falcone and then then he gets more to the story. And also in all three, well, in the Alfred and Thomas Wayne ones, I was like, are they going to do this? What the hell? What are you going to do? You better not. All right. Thomas Wayne isn't that bad of a guy. Yeah, you're a purist. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm okay with them just mucking that. it up. It's yeah. just. it. I would have been totally fine with yeah, Thomas Wayne being a piece of shit. There are plenty well, of rich, you, there are see, plenty of rich white people <laughs> who pretend to be amazing. Yeah, exactly. And then it turns out they but, fucking suck. Right. But the point of just this yeah, one, though, but not all is them, the I fact that, <laughs> yeah, it was a doctor, the Hippocratic. Like, I don't know. I, uh, I'm going to go back to your. And he's Thomas. I'm going to go back to your, you know? your original point, the idea of a movie. When a movie introduces stakes, immediately pulls them back, introduces stakes, immediately pulls them back. I don't know if it's one for one comparative to something like the, uh, the Rise last of, Skywalk, Skywalker, Rise, 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 Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Fucking. <laughs> Number nine. The last guy. Um, because this was a noir trope where it's just contextual information that's slowly revealed. So characters do make assumptions yeah. mid-scene and then it is revealed. That literally was manipulative. Like, I'm going to murder this character. Psych. I'm going to murder this mm-hmm. character. Back up. I'm going to murder. Like, that was... It's I mean, just they a, did that with, with Alfred. Well... Th- it happened an hour no, ago. I'm so see, sorry, Mr. Wayne. Oh, no, he's cool. He's in the bed. He's fine. No, no see, I didn't. I didn't. I feel <laughs> one the same way that that Noah and Brian do. I feel like it was um, peeling the, the, the onion, the, the layer. It's 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 what you do in a detective story. So that makes it, I didn't mind that at all. I didn't see that as them pulling the wool over our eyes or try, trying to um, play with our emotions in any type of way. The Alfred thing was 
one of those situations where it, it, it was a situation where it looks like one thing, but I mean, first of all, as a movie goer, you kind of know they ain't killing Alfred. So you know that that's not Well, come on, dog. I would have been impressed. I wasn't I I knew that they weren't killing Alfred, so. okay? All right. But, and I was right. But yeah. but I also but I also felt <laughs> it's a real detective. At least as far as I remember because it's been a while since I've seen it. It, it, it. I also felt that, you know, it was one of those situations where the information was being told by an unreliable narrator because I think it was wasn't it like the, the Aunt the Harriet type of character who was like you telling it yeah it was, oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was a it was a Forgot it was a it was how do they do their thing it was the woman on the phone and also he got the clue at the same time mm-hmm. so he was just right. he just yeah bolted. so so he just bolted so it was yeah, yeah so I don't I don't because I don't I didn't necessarily feel first of all I don't necessarily remember if they point blank said he was dead but even in that moment as it was represented i didn't feel as if they were saying like it was showing oh my god he's dead i felt like you know what was going to happen even because you see him toss the package away yeah yeah and it's one of those like what are they going to do here but it, like you said, as a moviegoer, I'm like, all right, that's not a guarantee that so, Alfred is dead. Mom. So comparatively, you know? when it comes to like manipulation or removing stakes or, you know, the camera is supposed to be God's eye mm-hmm. in film. Like that is you're seeing the truth unless you're seeing it through an unreliable narrator. You're seeing the truth. So the camera can not show you something or show you something. And then it goes from there. In this, the camera only showed us one perspective outside him throwing inside. You didn't see the rest. Mm-hmm. Adversely. Let's talk about the dark Knight rises. Mm. Hold on. Hold on. I hate that movie. At the end, he picks up the bomb. He flies off. The camera shows him inside the cockpit. Little explosion counter going down inside the cockpit explosion. <laughs> The camera is lying to us. God's eye is lying to us, telling us that he is there inside the explosion that we learn later on in the movie. He's not. So that is manipulative and shitty storytelling. This is certainly more forgivable than that. Five degrees. Yeah, it's going to show you five degrees over here and make you worry about it for about five minutes. You know, whereas in the uh, Rise of Skywalker, Skywalker, Skywalker. am I saying this right? Skywalker. Um, they don't show you the other fucking shit that Chewie's on. No. Right? No. They just show you the one that explodes. So that is yeah. wildly manipulative and odd yeah, versus yeah. something like this where they just only show you a portion, yeah. right? It's just, it really is just how the filmmaker constructs it, whether it works or not. Because on paper, yeah, it's one for one. Like, you lied to me here, you lied to me here. It, but they're different. You know what I mean? Um, I do want to. Yeah. We should probably talk about uh, Paul Dano. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You mean, uh, the Riddler. The Fortran troll? Yeah. yeah. The Riddler. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I cared so much about his look. Um, it was neat, a neat, neat idea, I guess. Uh, didn't really feel like the Riddler in any incarnation I've ever seen before. Um, it doesn't really seem to fit his motif. But um, when he takes off the mask, I was like, oh, there's Edward Nigma. Mm. That he he looks and feels yeah, yeah. like the Riddler to me. Um 
Except his name well, was Enigma. No, I don't it's, know why. it's because he had like, a bunch of different fake aliases. I thought I saw he yeah. did have him, but I didn't. I have a feeling we know he's were. Edward Enigma, okay. but when they're going through, that he's got oh, okay. Edward. Yeah, a whole bunch of them. Nut well, milk or whatever there his was name a, was. There was a scene. There was a dialogue where they confirmed that his name was Nash. The, yeah, oh, I, so I thought it was just a. I seem to believe uh, that but, that's where they've landed on, but he probably renamed himself. Who knows? But also, too, though, like they, I think that might be creative license in a way, too, because in um, Martha, Martha, Martha is, um, she's actually a cane, yeah. but in this movie they made her an Arkham. She's an Arkham. Which I for think shorthand. was the case in uh, Earth One, right? I forget. Well, no, she's a, she's a cane. I've seen a cane it in, that's in a married into the Arkhams and then married a Wayne. So like, there's three. There's like four okay. families that built Ark or that built yeah, yeah. Gotham. It's the Waynes, the Arkhams, yeah. the Canes, and someone else. I don't remember. Maybe the Cobblepots. Oh, probably. Um, yeah. Mm. But she wasn't an Arkham, and then in this one they just made her one, like for yeah. shorthand. And I kind of just thought it was like, yeah, eh, you know, fine. whatever, Nash. Yeah. That's fine. I didn't mind. I didn't think otherwise. It, it's a little different than that's the same issue. Uh, as much as I want uh, Thomas Wayne to be a good guy because I want him to be a good guy, it's also one of those things like changing Nigma that I'm like, why did change? Well, I would. Well, I would. Well, I, would I think it, he's not a good guy. guy. I would buy it that Edward Nigma. It would not be a real name. Yeah, um, it's a little on the Enigma. Nose. Enigma. His, so it might be really it is. Enigma. like he changes his name to Nigma or something. You know. It was the only Nick part of it balls. where it's like some Sorry. yeah. <laughs> I, actually, that what good. is uh, that was a good joke. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> so. I don't. I, yeah, oh yeah. I don't think. Um, I, I, I didn't take the Thomas Wayne of it all as uh, them mucking up that character. He's he. Well, he made I, a mis- he did. made a mistake yeah. out of fear for his exactly. wife. Exactly, he's trying to protect his wife. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and Go he didn't ask. He didn't take try to get care of this killed, mobster. You know? We both know that but I don't it's, mean it's, kill him. I, I I think that's. I don't think that that's how it went down. Well, well to be fair, I no. do think that's how it went down. But I understood the the motivation on his part. Yeah, I think it was like scare this person. So he and scared him to death. Like, Ooh, I could. Uh... Well, I mean, coming from the perspective of him, though, like, so about a year or two before that, he saved, he saved his, um, saved Falcone's life just Mm -hmm. like basically because he swore an oath not to do harm. Right. So it's not the same person. Like he did ask a nefarious person to do this only because they had access to, but I do not think that. He was just like he, he, he wasn't kill him if you got yeah, him. He wasn't he wasn't yeah. like you know sanctioning a hit, but yeah. you know, right? I'm right. Sure. It was more. It was and that to morally me is, gray is enough to enough, not completely you know? ruin the idea of um, catapulting this human as somebody to look up to or miss. You know, like it didn't completely right. ruin Thomas to be any kind of like altruistic character for right. Bruce. But here's the real yeah. story that I, as an auteur, have decided is cooler yeah. than the one. Like, they, they added a little you mud. Know, and I didn't think it was like Yeah, they that. just added a little yeah. bit of dirt without yeah. completely ruining the character. If anything, it, yeah. if anything, it might have oh. provided, um, one might say, a motivation for Thomas Wayne to even do more for Gotham mm. because of that. So True. Yeah, yeah. True. Yeah. Oh, and the, and the fact that I he was... I love the ambiguity about his, who, the, mm. who killed him, right? Because I was a little like, oh, it's straying into the trap of 
the common superhero movie trap of everything's connected. Everything has to be related to the main character in some way. Mm -hmm. And then it didn't, you know, it did it in such a way that it's like, it was Maroney. No, it was Falcone. No, maybe it wasn't any of them. We'll never know. And I thought that that was a great, uh, great. I also, I've also really enjoyed the fact that they, the whole thing kind of popped off because he was immediately going to turn himself in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. The whole reason why yeah, you got yeah. the whole everything yeah. in Gotham is awful now because Thomas Wayne mm-hmm. was going to go um, turn himself yeah. in. Everything. The renewal project being taken over by Falcone, mm-hmm. him putting his yeah. hands in literally all of um, essentially just the most systemic evilness yeah. ever. Yeah. Uh, everyone mm-hmm. in the entire city working for him or just under the umbrella of his ownership. <laughs> Um, all mm-hmm. because uh, one man had a bout of conscience, which right. we now know don't have. Don't do that. Yeah, that's the lesson of the film. Well, the lesson of this movie. <coughs> yeah. that was what is I is to solve that. your problems with your yeah. fists and and murder. Yeah, yeah, and mob yeah, my favors. favors. <laughs> my favors. Mob favors. Yes, yes. Um, yes. Mob favors. Yeah. Yeah. Muscle cars and fists. Raphael Miranda <laughs> yeah. is in the comments saying, "In Batman Earth One by Jeff Johns, Martha Martha's maiden name was Arkham." Um, and Hal, you know, I, I did read that Hal is in there down there saying when the Riddler's followers attacked the people at the event for the mayor and Batman was going through them. First thing I thought was could have used you during the raid on the Capitol. Kind of. Yes. I, I, the, uh, <laughs> this movie was written and started filming before the pandemic. So wow. that there are real. I was thinking about DC fandom yeah. 2020. There, uh, yeah. We're talking that there about are real. Yeah similarities yeah. that have transpired since then, whether it comes down to how you, how you perceive law enforcement to how you perceive people being radicalized. Yeah. Yeah. This mm-hmm. movie was constructed before all that shit. Really also before many flooded. Yeah, mm. obviously, you know, I was that scene in the movie. I was like, Oh, I thought we had gotten through it without a peril for all of Gotham. Nope. And, and but a actually, peril, like t-shirts? in two ways we did. Well, nothing. What's that, JD? Uh, just that, you know, I, I think it's cool to have a Batman story that does not involve the stakes are the entire yeah. city. And in two ways we did get that. Like, one, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, they did, yeah, did not yeah. I like that a lot. It. And. Yeah. You know, yeah, and that that was that was part of one of his biggest like decisions to change as a character came from that, and also it wasn't a threat to the whole city. I'm, you know, it yeah. was a problem for the whole city. But I'm yeah. crazy excited as to where this movie leaves off too, because there's there's um, shadows of no man's land, yeah, year zero, sons, yeah. the idea that now, um, you know. Gotham is still functional, but it is Katrina style crippled. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So these power vacuums are not going to be solved so much as just get they're gonna become black holes. Yep. And somebody's and wanted to film. Things yeah, are gonna yeah. get worse. Yep. And yeah. this guy now has learned a lesson that he needs to be a symbol for hope as well as fear. You know, like, yeah. I can't just be fear. I also have to instill hope in those that shouldn't fear me. Which reminded me, actually, uh, yeah. it, definitely there's all the, the, the storylines that you know are definitely echoed here. But that moment, 
took me immediately to um oh new frontier when batman in the first book is like you know yeah. the, the, which moment are we talking the about darwin exactly? cookbook where he's like you know he's he's long-eared like early batman like creepy oh. batman and then he the next time you see him mm-hmm. he's got robin he's 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 shortened up the cow he's changed the costume up a little bit because he realized i've got because he right, scares the right. kid, it, right? And, and that's what kind of like what happens in this yeah, movie as yeah. well. So the the second I saw yeah. it, I was like, oh, man, are we going to see the yellow symbol in the next movie? Like, I don't need to see the yellow <laughs> symbol. But no, if we see a I different did, costume, I'm with it, man. I'm like, yo, it's, it, it, it's fly. I have not I have not talked really much about how much I love Robert Pattinson in this role, but there's a couple of scenes where yeah. his, first of all, his jawline was perfect for mm. that cow. It's just yes. awesome. The best. Um, Much better it looks cow literally than like than it was drawn. Yes, the cow was was smart. Yeah. Oh, then the ski mask. It was this. Like, they let yeah. him breathe, which was nice. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> yeah it had the straight line. It was, well, it yeah, was his it was whole strange. jaw. It was great. Yeah. Um, but there's yeah. a couple scenes where he doesn't actually have dialogue, but he is acting the fuck out of them. Oh. One of them is mm-hmm. the the, mm-hmm. the the young woman that he carries to the helipad. Mm-hmm. Um She's afraid to go. She's afraid of him. She's afraid of them. She doesn't know what's going on. And he literally just calms her without saying a fucking thing. Yep. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it was yeah. almost creepy. There's a couple of other scenes, too. There. Yeah, licking her mouth his, was an interesting way to do that, I thought. <laughs> his, emotion, his emotional <laughs> response. His, his, emotional, his emotional response to um, Alfred being in the hospital mm-hmm. was so mm-hmm. stilted. And minimalist, but more effective than any soap opera that says all the words. Like, it was just, he refused to say love because he doesn't know how to say love, but he was just like, somebody I care about. Like, it was just wild. Yeah. Yeah. He he had a depth and a sadness to him as Batman. Like, there was a lot of... I thought the black eye makeup worked better did, in this right? than in any yeah, other. Right? Well, because it was um, because it was screen accurate, as opposed to he pulls out the mask and there's yeah. no eye makeup. Well, that too. <laughs> well, that too. But just color wise, also, like it just didn't really look like he was wearing mm-hmm. black eye makeup mm-hmm. in in as Batman. And there were just these these like very thoughtful moments that he had as it. Like he was, oh, he he embodied this version of Batman. Um, who is not the only version of Batman, but uh, it really works so well. You know, just the the tortured nature of uh, of this guy, who is not overcome by that. Like he's not psychotic. He's just feels it very deeply. Um, and speaking of how well he wears that costume and the looks that he gives, how about those contact lenses? That's oh, cool. those that are was awesome. awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Very cool, near near future yes. sci-fi, like what a rich it, guy might have if he's Batman. It felt very Blade Runner and in a provided, good way. Yeah. yeah, and it's not like the printouts are not colored. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he still gets to relook at the stuff the scenes, and excellent reason to stare at things for a long time. Well, the scenes with her with the contacts and him mm-hmm. monitoring and her having a conversation with him, I was like, this is just. They feel like they're in the same room. This is incredibly effective. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll tell you, even without all that hero stuff, that journey at the end, 
I would have loved the movie, but it was that just uh, capped it. it was All I was going to say is I wish I was a voice in Zoe Kravitz's ear. Mm. Yeah. I was just, oh you know what I thought you were gonna say I wish I was in the same room with her and I was gonna I was gonna agree with that I I don't want to be in her ear I don't I would like to be, to be in the, in the room, with, room with, her. with her yeah Michelle Pfeiffer um, not comparing yeah yeah two very different uh, but she had the Ooh. moves man you know I mean she had the yeah. fighting feline moves um, in a way that you know Pattinson. Didn't really do any legwork <laughs> with the fighting the way that oh, she Shout does, out to you know? Matt Reeves for knowing how to film a fucking fight so that we can see right? exactly oh, what's happening. Oh, finally. shots? Yes. <laughs> Not just a punch here in the dark. Uh, also, too, her, her there head. was a couple of really ballsy moves where he kept the, the camera stationary, mm-hmm. and sometimes the action happened outside of the frame. Yep. And your, your imagination mm-hmm. is just allowed to see, um, does that dude have teeth anymore? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, okay. Right. Um, but I'm also glad that... Um, Bruce is not fucking shredded as hell. Yeah. He's just got core strength. Right. 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 Like, He's a little guy. Yeah. Bruce Wayne is not. Yeah. Bruce Wayne is not working on his glamour muscles. He literally just needs to be right, able to push right. this and punch that. Yeah. Like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's and he's not superhuman in that either. Like he he takes some strong yeah. hits. And oh, yeah. He, you know, like you might expect would happen he, if real quick passes out twice in this movie i know right how about that I, I, and i know we're probably, i know you're probably getting ready to, sh- to um wrap it up but yeah, real run. quick at the end near the end where he apparently gives himself a shot of adrenaline so Yo! that it, yes right which yeah. first of all yeah. i loved it i i just love the whole shit. idea about that yeah. Got a useful but utility. Though, I was listening to a podcast review of the film who thinks that that may be a precursor to him to actually developing Venom. I heard that too. Yeah, yeah. See, now that Could that'd be, be cool. I, We've never seen that sort of version. Yeah, would, we because, haven't seen him struggle like with performance enhancers like that before. That would be a great story. But that that is that is the original story of Venom. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it was like the little girl drowns and he mm-hmm. can't 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 save her because yeah. he's not strong enough. Yeah, man, I would love to see an adaptation of that. Now, the one issue that I would could have with that is that it might be another examination of like Batman and the bad guy do the same thing. Batman has to not be the same as the bad guy, which this was very very effectively. You know, the, you don't want to read. You don't want to retread story tropes, is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. This was amazing. If it, but yeah, that if would it be, becomes yeah. that, that's kind of dope. Yeah. But just as yeah. a beat in this scene where he needed to get a hit of that adrenaline, that was a great oh, yeah. scene. I was like, oh, yeah. that's and, oh, it was and awesome. the fact that it was yeah. like the sound went out. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't hear him scream, but you fucking felt it, and it was yeah. all to make sure that that guy doesn't kill Selena, yeah. and it was yeah. just. That whole, the whole third act was different. As in, yeah. I have not yeah. seen Very that different. before. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, cool. Well, one thing yeah. I noticed was he, when they go to take on the, the final bad guys, he doesn't take out the last one. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. unusual because his big moment was about to come when he could sacrifice himself, yeah, saves that's everyone, his big moment. leads them out of the water. That was the emotional right. climax, right. you know? 
And um, it made perfect sense, but in that... I definitely have to give it props for not being a giant CGI slugfest at the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So many superhero Mm -hmm. movies, as much as I love the Marvel movies and stuff like that. This, yeah, this... There was no light in the sky. That was cool. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) Big blue light. I also love that Paul Dano, like Riddler, thought that he and Batman were buddies. I don't know if you mentioned that, but I was like... Yeah, they were like working he was like, together. You're yeah. Fu- what? What? <laughs> no. You know, I thought it was a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit of a almost um, unsavory. I was like, so why did he let himself get captured? How did that further his plan? And then afterwards, I was thinking, oh, because he yeah. wanted to be known. Oh. So it makes sense that he would be captured even before the big thing. That way, he can be known when the big thing. Uh, occurs, I didn't like the know? Joker thing. Oh, I did. Did not need it. No. It feels like a scene from a different movie. Like, that is the only time the entire movie felt like member Barry bullshit. Apparently, there was a cut scene, which is apparently going to be released at some point, where he goes to Arkham and goes to Arkham. (laughs) There was, like, an hour cut out of this movie. Jesus Christ. You know what? I'm joking. I'd watch it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But uh, apparently, he goes and Batman meets with the Joker in Arkham before that. Like... In some way to help him catch the Riddler. Oh, you know, I don't know what, what like, exactly um, happens in the scene. It's kind of like a long Halloween Clarice. type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, long Halloween. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, very cool. Well, let us know what you thought of the movie. You can email yeah. us at coltspopgo at gmail.com. You can uh, help us out by going to patreon.com slash johnnydestructo. You can just come and hang out with us Monday nights at 9 p.m. Talk about comic books and pop culture whatnots. We, uh, we love hanging out with you guys. Len... I missed you. I'm so glad that we got to hang with you tonight. Oh, I haven't seen you in a while, so this was delightful for me. Um, oh, and then Robert great. Monroe Jr. said in the chat, the hallway fight scene rivaled anything on Daredevil. Let's not go crazy. It was very good. Let's not go crazy. <laughs> I mean, every season of Daredevil had something incredibly impressive. Yeah, so yeah let's not go so. crazy. Um, and yeah, Raphael, that's what I meant. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, Clarice. So, um, all right. Uh, oh, Len, where can people find you? Right here. <laughs> I'm at my house. No. You're coming back? <laughs> no, 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 no. No comics. No, no, no. no you no. can check me out on the, um, on Twitter at the at Bat Tribble. Check out my podcast, The Show Mission. And if you're in the Philadelphia area, hey, pick up a copy or go check out uh, Philadelphia Weekly because I, I've become the new art and entertainment editor there. So what's up? Nice. Congrats, buddy. I can't help but notice that I I haven't gotten any illustration work, but that's cool. Um, Thanks, (laughs) and we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah!